podcast season two episode something or other i'm not <laughs> sure because i'm too excited today to talk about the film guillermo del toro labeled as a masterpiece uh doria dario argento's deep red thank you to everyone for listening whenever where you are especially all of our patreon supporters currently watching and playing along with us in the live stream my name is jesse my fellow jallo guru and co-host gabriel is here hi folks and today marks the return of one of the members of the council of the greats uh jenny no relation uh welcome back hi good to be here well glad to have you back and you were also here last october um for rosemary's baby one of the greats yeah yeah i'm excited to talk about deep red which is my first time seeing it so no i think it's exciting i think it's gonna i think it's the first time for all of us here um Myself. Gabriel, are you a first-timer? I have seen Deep Red previously, um, but only once. And then there's also somebody I know um, is a first-time watcher of Deep Red and first time to our show. Today we have Sean from Another Time Zone joining us. Welcome. Hey, pretty much the most differential time zone in the U.S. possible. Yeah, so that's why we got you here. So we're happy to join you. I like. I mean, Hawaii's a thing, isn't it? Yeah. So now people are figuring out where you're at. Um, but no, welcome. Thanks for joining us. You're a longtime friend of all of us. Um, it's sort of like a reunion of sorts here on, on the Zoom chat for all of us um, going on. So. Short time listener, first time participant. I'm glad you're here. Um, you know, yeah, this is a reunion. We talked more about that. Our Patreons in the pre-show, they know a bit about um, all the background there. Like I kind of got that treat, that preview there. The extended introductions but um but no so we're kind of doing um some italian cinema here some italian horror um we thought about doing suspiria but we said let's do the film before suspiria deep red i don't know yeah this i mean my you know. argento intro i've never yeah, seen that was the thing i made the assumption yeah. i'm like hmm. i threw it out i'm like sure sean has seen suspiria yeah i've got a passion for garbage horror like, well, we, we share that passion, so yeah. um, <laughs> I'm also excited um, as well. You're also here on, on kind of our horror talk, because I don't, you don't know if you go into it much, but you were also in a a, a, uh, a little indie horror flick yourself. Oh, that's true. So let people... Yeah, yeah we've made a, a small town horror movie here in Skagway, Alaska, called A Nightmare on Broadway, which yeah. uh, is really uh, bad. Yeah, in a crap horror... <laughs> Yeah. But I will say okay. your role as the, the 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 villain, I guess, the monster. Um, misunderstood, I'd argue. <laughs> steals the show. <laughs> steals the show. 
Um, I will admit I revisited it um, upon hearing that um, the folks up in um, Sandusky were able to secure you to get you on the show and work out that deal. So I think that maybe was the deciding factor to get you in here. So yeah, they, they, call them, they call them the Hitchcock of Skagway. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so cool you're there. In case um, this is your first time checking us out, we are the greatest movies of all time podcast. Each episode, we take a film, we discuss it, and then we decide as a group if it shall be considered one of the greats now and forever. To close the show, we also play a game in which the winner will be granted the right to name an instant grade of their choosing. So we, we didn't really talk about this in our pre-show, um, but we've sort of changed some of our rules up in the second season um, since JB was reassigned to another podcast that we had to kind of shake up the game a bit. And so now instead of earning points in our game, if you win at the end of the show, you, you name an instant great uncontested and you get the final word of the episode and why that should be a great. So mm, it's a real chance to throw a wrench in the works there. You can, you can. So that's what you're playing for. And today's game will be kill your horror movie babies. So we haven't played kill your babies in a, in a while. So I'm excited to, to bring that, that classic back into the mix. Um, if you have any sort of suggestions to give us game ideas, movie ideas, et cetera, you can reach us at greatestmoviespodcast.gmail.com. And you can also track all our other shenanigans with our movie fantasy film league, which will get an update in early November as that rounds out as well as all our other social media link to our podcast, older episodes, et cetera, at league of the And that is all of the, housekeeping out of the way now we can kind of jump into things and um sean's dog has joined us as well so i think i hear little feet running my way also we'll see (laughs) you know all all are welcome (laughs) for our discussion i had no idea tim from athens has such small feet (laughs) (laughs) um the doll Oh, man, it better not be that doll running through. That. Oh, it's, it's probably just a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> I have questions. Great. I have questions about that. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I think we'll have a lot of questions about deep red. I think one element of deep red slash Argento films in general is uh, it all, the plot always poses questions um, or or things in the movie. Some of the logistics, but we'll get to that. Before we do, um, we always check, catch up with some things we've been watching lately. Um, who wants to start us off? I feel like I've been talking a bunch at the top here. Gabriel, have you seen um, anything lately? Oh, boy. Um, I'm sure you have. I mean, it's been a minute. So, yeah, I've seen yeah. some stuff. I, that's, I, I've watched some things. Um, I don't really, I, I, I don't know where to start, but I, I know that we have another episode coming up. So, I'm going to save some fat. That's right. We'll save those. That's going to be the next episode after this. So, we'll do a quick promo. We have a. Teen Wolf 1 and 2 coming um, with a conversation with Michael J. Wolf um, from the band Wolf Face, That's right. um, which also those movies are, well, at least part one, his his life story. So, That's right. That's what I hear. That's what Michael J. Wolf tells us. It's a documentary or a biopic based on his life. Um, yeah, I, I saw uh, several, several um, things. Um, uh, 
but yeah, I'll start with um, the Evil Dead remake from not too long ago. Yeah, like three or four years ago, maybe. Uh, that might have been a little bit more than that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's that was 2013's Evil Dead. Wow, that was a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I know, man. We we're old and time disappears. It's closing on a decade. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that was directed by Fetty Alvarez. Um, it is loosely based on the um, Raimi film of the same name. Um, this one, I do think, takes a, a much more horrific turn. Um, you would, but uh, yeah. And then keeping with the spirit of of kind of our our uh, theme for the month of October, um, this one is it's an atomic fireball. That's right. Yeah, we do our candy ratings. Yeah, the, yes, candy like, rating. My candy rating is atomic fireball. Like this is okay. packing some heat. Like that. Um, it burns a little, but it's so good. That's right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it it burns, but it it, it tastes so good. Um, yeah, we got we got Tim from Athens making a quick waving everybody in the Patreon live stream. How's it going, just, Tim? Just just here for the Patreon members. Just here for the Patreon members. <laughs> no, we appreciate you. And listen, they're going, the chat's blowing up right now. They appreciate yeah. you. Lots of, <laughs> lots of eggplant emojis and fire emojis. That's all I'm seeing. Can you say hi, sir? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to bed. All right. Good to see you guys. All right. Hey. Um, I also saw the 2020 film, She Dies Tomorrow, directed by uh, Amy Simons. Um, you know, has has some of those those folks you you know you find in that that collective, uh, Kentucker Audley, uh, Jane Adams, uh, Caitlin Shell, uh, Katie Asselton, um, and also uh, has a Tunde Adabimpe uh, from TV on the radio. Um, Adam Wingard is in this. Uh, it's it's a fun little weird mind fuck of a horror film. Um, and I, What's it called again? It, she dies tomorrow. Hmm. It, it clocks in at just shy of 90 minutes. This one what is this one. This one's this one's like that. It's like a pack of gummy worms. And you think it's just like regular gummy worms, but you reach in, you grab one and it's like sour gummy worms. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's like I, uh, nightcrawler gummy worms. It is yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the one, like if you turn off the lights, they probably glow a little bit. They definitely have some kind of dye in it that you shouldn't be ingesting, but you're gonna do it anyway because it's fun. Um, uh, additionally, I did watch the 2000 film Ginger Snaps. Um, oh. I believe this might be a fourth or fifth watch for me. Um, this is the coming of age werewolf tale involving two young sisters um, approaching puberty and, and also dealing with being transformed into a werewolf. Uh, <laughs> this one, man, what is this one? This is, would you, this is, would you say that they're teen wolves? That they, I would say that they are, they are teen wolves. And wolves? I, they're pre, no, they're actual teen wolves. Yeah, because I think they're in high school. In the they show. are in high school. I probably should have saved this one for the next episode. I know. I'm thinking. I'm um, sitting here like <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get dinged by Sandusky for that. I'm just gonna mention. I'm gonna mention it again um, tomorrow. <laughs> I, I can see the note we get now after the show. Hey, can we talk real quick? Uh, what, the I'll what the hell was going? What the hell was up with bringing with ginger well, snaps? 
I have such a long list that I'm trying to like jump around. That's cool. Uh, that's cool. Just, I'm just going to get the call and it's going to be like, got a minute is all I was going to say. Strike By it, the way, Sandusky reminds me of, uh, makes me think of Cabin in the Woods. By the way, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. That kind of vibe, definitely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. with the same kind of management. Yeah, just lackluster. Just not, not, no concern for the actual people that they have influence over. Um, We we, we just hope they get a similar fate at some point. (laughs) You're definitely going to be getting a call about that. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, the the gates open. It's like you know, if you're going to get the call. It's, him, it's like a John lashes. Oliver AT and T situation going yeah. on. Get all your lashes at once is what I say. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to save my rating for Ginger. I'll come back to Ginger Snaps next episode. I am instead going to go with Jennifer's Body, 2009's Jennifer's okay. Body. That's one I've been wanting um, to revisit. That was part of my uh, Megan Fox double feature. I also saw Till Death 2021, 2021's Till Death, uh, currently available on Netflix. Uh, I think Jennifer's Body is available streaming, but I owned uh, the Blu-ray death. copy. And- That's what that was. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and, and I decided were to I would- out what the name of that film was last night. Yeah, that's it. It's Till Death. We said it was Megan Death. Megan Death. Megan Death. Megan Death. Chain dragging a dead body in the ice is what we call it. Oh man. Um, that's a way better title <laughs> right <laughs> so so two two different candy ratings here for the and, and i'll leave it at that i mean i've seen some other stuff i won't get into yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, jennifer's body uh it's a, it's a pop rocks yeah it's a nice nice pack of pop rocks um until death it's it's candy corn it's not going to satisfy everybody, but you know, it's it serves a purpose. Yeah. It's entertaining at least. It hits the sweet tooth. Got its moments. If you got a sweet tooth, and you look, yeah, you know. So, so yeah, till death uh, streaming on Netflix. Uh, I believe Jennifer's Body. I think it's streaming on Amazon Prime. But again, I did watch that on physical media, so I don't quote me there. Um, she dies tomorrow, which is available on Hulu. Um, and uh, Fetty Alvarez's Evil Dead, which I also watched on my own physical media. Um, so not sure where or if that is streaming, but I'm sure someone knows. And I'll, maybe I'll come back if I yeah, figure that we'll out. Yeah, I'm not. But keeping, yeah, yeah, that's good. I've done a bad job at um, our bingo card, but you know, maybe I'll come through at the end. But that Jennifer's body could give you the Lance Hendrickson slot. So, so yeah. I, I I need to update my bingo card. I will provide a bingo card update next episode. Yeah, like so I, I, th- I think we'll do that. Like, and we'll just kind of see where we're at because mine's mine's pathetic. So, I'm not yeah, between the 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 seventeen films I've watched so far, I'm I'm on pace it for at least one a day right now. Wow. Um, like shocking. Uh, I, I think I can. I think I can tick off a, a handful of spots on on the old horror film bingo card. That's on our Instagram. Go find it. All right. So, uh, Jenny, have you seen anything recently? <clears throat> well, other than cartoons, <laughs> um, I haven't been watching too much. I did. I did watch Focus Pocus. Oh. <laughs> Classic. Uh, it's Halloween movie. I have to say, 
crush on Sarah Jessica Parker for Adler. <laughs> I have to say, it didn't hold up as well for me this year as it has in the past. I don't know if I was just not in the right mood for it or something, but I was a little bored. Maybe I'm just ready ready to not watch kids' movies anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what we're giving them ratings, is that right? Yeah, like a little candy ratings. You get a little, yeah, a little baggy of candy corn, maybe. All right. All right. <laughs> um, I said Hocus Pocus is one. I, some people just celebrate. Like, it's a celebrated film by many folks. Yeah. It's I've definitely never really got, like, a paid cultural thing yeah. around it. And I think that was, I don't know, maybe it's just a 90s or 80s baby thing. Um, is, it, is it a Disney film? What? No, feels like it. I saw it on. I watched it on HBO Max, so it's definitely not on Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It still has some entertaining parts. You know what? You know, Pat Miller's musical numbers. It, it is produced by Disney. Is it really? Yes, it is a Disney. Film. Wow. What that's weird. It wasn't on Disney Plus. It's on HBO. So there's weird licensing things still going on with some of those original or, or like Disney right. content. Um, and you know they they don't necessarily keep all things, um, right. in in house and kind of under the the Disney umbrella. Um, but that that one may make its way back to Disney at some point. But yeah. And then Zombie um, Dude and that vaguely looked like Edward Scissorhands too. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. He definitely looks like Edward Scissorhands. I don't know which probably Edward Scissorhands was before that, right? Yes. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands was in the 80s and that this was 93. Yeah. I um, and Edward Scissorhands may have been like 80, 85. 86. Yeah, definitely earlier though. So they, yeah, they could have just definitely just ripped ripped that right off. <laughs> this is this is where interns would be super helpful, but yeah, uh, yeah. whatever. It's got those kind of dismissed. Um, and then as far as horror movies, I have not been watching a lot of scary movies lately. I don't know if it's just the older I've gotten, the less drawn to that I am. Mm-hmm. I used to watch horror movies all the time in my teens and early 20s and now it's just i don't know maybe it's because my husband doesn't like them at all but um just doesn't happen as much um i did watch this was a little while ago but i did watch all three of those fear street movies Mm. on uh netflix they were good i enjoyed them they were like a little nice little poppy poppy horror movies that um were kind of nostalgic in a way um yeah, so I enjoyed those. I think those are, you know, nice, nice Snickers bar. <laughs> and I, if, if, if you want to separate them into one, two, and three, and if I were to rank them, I think it's two, three, and one. That's what how I would rank them, I think. I enjoy the kind of, um, I liked the 80s nostalgia of the second one. And then I'm just, just in generally into the kind of like, Salem-y, witchy, like burn at the stake kind of thing. So. Uh, who isn't? I mean, yeah. you know. Um, so would you say would you say two is a full-size Snickers bar, three is like a fun size and fun one size. is a mini? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> great analogy, go. Gabriel. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Thank you for I, that softball. 
so full, uh, full disclosure, I have seen all three of those films, and I, I absolutely, I can't recommend those films enough. I just think they're so much fun. Yeah. They are just this really nice slice of nostalgic teen horror, mm-hmm. and they're just gory enough, and and like there's just enough profanity that it it doesn't feel like I'm watching a kids movie. Yeah, I mean they're they're significantly gory, but it doesn't feel like that when after you watch them it doesn't feel like you've watched you know torture porn or whatever oh not yeah not at all integrated into the the movie appropriately and not overly lingered on i think but Um, they they are at least rated tvma which i i appreciate um having mm -hmm. netflix horror that's not pg yes Mm -hmm. um and and it, it, there is correction is is eminently available. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, for some reason in my mind, was an '80s mm. film. It was a film from 1990, ah, so three years prior enough. to Hocus Pocus. <laughs> it feels so much older than that, though. It does feel older than that. Um, okay, well, I don't really have any other horror movies that I've watched. Oh yeah, recently. No, that's a good, good little haul though. Good little trick or treat haul. That's good. I did watch a documentary that was kind of horror-esque, I guess, because it was about cults um, called The Way Down on HBO Max about a religious cult that's goal was weight loss. Oh, okay. It was interesting. (laughs) Way Down. I'll check that out. Yes. Is that like the W-E-I-G-H down? Yeah, that's what the the program quote unquote was called, but the, the move, the film is called the way down W a Y. Oh, 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 man. All right. Throwing a curveball at me. I was, I was really yeah. open for the, the pun. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I think that's it for me. Would you say Sean? Cult leaders already got to it first. Yeah. The cult leader already got to that pun. Beat, beat, beat HBO max to it. Right, cool. Well, in the you know in the trend here of, of guests on the show, Sean, anything to anything to contribute here? Anything to share you've seen lately in the sure? In the genre? Uh, yeah, I I uh, didn't have Wi-Fi for a long time, so I haven't been watching too many films lately. But uh, I did do a rewatch of Slither a little while ago, which was great. Um, that was, I think, when it initially came out, I really wanted to see it. Um, and I watched it later on and just really enjoyed it. And James Gunn for me is primo. Uh, disappointed lately because I just got Wi Fi back, hopped on HBO Max to try to watch The Suicide Squad and uh, realized oh, that you missed gone. it. You missed the window. Oh, um, man, the 30 day window. It'll be, It'll be back. It, yeah, all these, all these like HBO Max are gone for a while. The premieres, they've been trickling back um, at some point. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's oh man, Slither. Uh, I I adore that film. Um, it it is one of my favorite horror comedies. So I'm curious to hear what your candy rating is for that. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's a Milky Way dark. For okay. those who enjoy it, it's decadent. Uh, and fantastic and a delicious treat every now and then, but not everybody will like it. Um, I really, really think it's so much fun. 
it's got that uh oh sorry guys um yeah it's it's just uh funny over the top um but it doesn't feel too gory in my opinion but uh I mean, it, it has it's, it, gross you know, out. it's like it's like more gross out. Yeah, it's not, I wouldn't say it's gory, but it's definitely slimy and gross. It it feels very much in and and I we anytime James Gunn gets brought up, right? The you you have to mention trauma pictures and trauma studios. Um, it it very much has that like the gross out, sloppy, gory kind of thing. Um, that that is so often a part of of or that was so often a part of trauma films. Mm-hmm. but with a better budget <laughs> and, and a, 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 a cast of real like solid actors. I've so. seen that movie, but it's been ages. I oh, man. can't really remember anything about it. So I might I have Nathan to go back Fillion and everything. Nathan Villian, Elizabeth Banks, Jenna Fisher, uh, Michael Rooker's in that. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it's just, just a fun, fun black comedy. Uh, I, that's, I feel about, like that's the one with the like action. the slugs or yeah. the okay yeah i can uh, feel i feel like throughout that whole film you're watching it and you can tell the actors are having fun while they're mm-hmm. doing it. it feels that way yeah but yep definitely big recommend cool yeah and, it's uh, definitely on my list of things i'd hope to revisit this month um because like jenny it's been a long maybe, time since i've seen it maybe one of the greats all right, I'm looking oh. at I'm looking at uh, stills of it, and it's it's kind of flooding back to me. So <laughs> <laughs> there's also apparently some sort of game called Slither.io. <laughs> so oh, like, no, listen, they're 100 is a game like that because I'm um, working in education. Kids play Slither.io all the time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they do. Is it like Chrome? Snake? Yeah, it's just like Snake or Nibbles or any of that stuff. Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> I mean, the game has evolved a bit, but get, put put a Chromebook in front of them, and uh, they're instantly there. <laughs> Slither.io. Yep. <laughs> um, well, cool. Anything else, Sean, or is that uh, that's it? For I know with the, the recent Wi-Fi. Yeah, I, I get it. I saw a High Life as well. Um, I, oh, the yeah. Robert Pattinson A twenty four space based film where are they growing weed in space? Is that yeah, <laughs> something like that, right? I started I think, it. That was one of my old man viewings, and I fell asleep about ten minutes in. I don't know if I saw uh, weed in there. I think it was that kind of um, what was that what was the uh, ah, the sunrise sun the sci fi movie. That's the, um, the Boyle movie, Sunrise, Sun, Sunshine. Sun, sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the same kind of idea of this, like, biome um, mm-hmm. producing oxygen. Um, yeah. yeah, but I swear in the trailer, every time they showed the trailer, yeah, and they would show, something. like, the greenhouse area of whatever ship they were clearly on, I just always thought that that they were growing weed. No, same. But like I said, I only, made I, it ten, I only made it 10 minutes in. I have not watched the film. I mean, full <laughs> I disclosure. I have not watched uh, the film. I fell asleep I on the couch. I, I think the title comes from the tone of the film. Uh, there you go. Which is decidedly like a bummer the whole time. So uh-huh. it's A24. Yeah, it's A24. It's really, I mean, the 10 minutes I saw, it's really quiet. There's not a lot of yeah. dialogue. It's, yeah. 
Yeah, I really want to see that lamb movie, but I might wait. Oh. I might wait till that's a home viewing. All right, Tim so will it not my... go with that. Yeah, yeah. Is it Jesse's my turn? Tell us about lamb. <laughs> oh, did Jesse see it? So, they, like, I... so let me tell you all about a film I've seen lately. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 hear it because speaking about a twenty four and is it a horror movie? I mean, it's going to count in this thing. But yeah, I saw Lamb last night, um, actually in the theater. And um, it's it's definitely an A24 film. I've been excited for it because I've been um, sort of touting my my Barnyard trilogy. I've been calling it the First mm-hmm. Cow, Pig, and now Lamb. Um, these sort of all three recent films involving um, livestock. Livestock? Yeah. yeah. And some, but all told in a similar tone or vibe. I think not all three are A24. Pig's not an A24 film. Right. Um, and, and tonally, they're all different as well, but just stylistically, they share some similarities. But um, I did see Lamb. I do recommend Lamb for sure. Is it has, it has some elements of horror in it, you could say. It's just a very, it's unsettling throughout most of the movie. At the same time, it's also somewhat touching film between a husband and wife and raising a child that happens to be half lamb, half human. Well, I mean, I'm I'm trying to remember from the trailer, right? It's pitched as like, this is an Icelandic folk, like folk based on an Icelandic folk. They tell Based you on Icelandic folklore, or they, they kind of tell you that in the in the trailer. Is there? There's zero mentioning of that in the film. Okay, it's just it's just present, and that's what I like about it. It just presents what it is. This it is. This is the movie. Um, this is the world we're in. Right? They raise sheep. They live kind of in isolation, and this anomaly happens. And what do you do with it? Um, and and that's it, about it. Can I ask one question, which yeah, is yeah. maybe a spoiler? Is the creature birthed from her or from a sheep? I don't think it's a spoiler. Um, it, it comes from the sheep. Okay. I think it even shows that in the trailer. I think they're yeah, in the they, barn it, or something, and and they and they look over like, "What is this type deal?" Which immediately raised all sorts of questions for me when I saw the trailer. Yeah. Because I was like, "Okay, this thing came out of the sheep." What's, What's this doing? story? <laughs> yeah. Which, like I said, I don't See, want to go I too far. I thought it was into... just a lamb, and they spur. Oh, the, oh no! It's it is the head the of a lamb and the body of a point, child. It shows at one point her like holding. You know, it's, I'm finding like not do yep. too many spoilers, but kind of based in the trailer world, there is a scene in the trailer where she's holding the child's hand or the. Sheep. I saw and, that, but in my head, right. in my mm-hmm. head, it was just like a lamb on yeah. its two feet standing straight up yeah okay all right i'm gonna say this the the lamb is adorable (laughs) oh my god (laughs) the whole movie it's the cutest thing you've ever seen um wow so i do highly recommend it i saw it we have a little um sort of art house theater in st petersburg florida um i went and saw that um last night and they kind of did an extended viewing of it you know held over an extra week and I'm, so I'm glad they did. But um, I would definitely recommend it if if you see it on you know streaming at home, a rental or whatnot. Um, but it's definitely a twenty four. And the fact that hey, it's slow, 
It's um, it's a slow burn. It's quiet. It's very um, moody. And you're not going to get many answers about much. And if anything, it leaves it up to you to kind of to figure things out. And it's a typical A24 fashion. Everything you need to know is going to be at the end of the film. It's is one it? of those like... You know, eight twenty, like you're watching, like what yeah. is this? And it's like, bam! Here's the last ten minutes. Here's all. Here's everything you need. To it, is it as unsettling as the the trailer for the Dear Evan Hansen film? Because <laughs> no. that one, that no. one, strike, no. I'm like, wow, man, this is very, this is very upsetting. I don't feel okay watching this. I mean, I don't feel that way when I watch the Lamb trailer, but I, I, I was no Lamb's great. Yeah. Lamb's fun in the fact that you just never know where it's going to go. It's not one of those that you're sitting there figuring it out as you go. I always feel that way with all a 24 mm-hmm. horror fantasy. All right. And that's, I'm, I'm still, I'm really excited to watch that as well as the green Knight, And I'm hoping maybe I can, I can figure out in the very near future, how to do a, an a 24 double feature of those two. Yeah. I'm going to try to talk uh, my partner into watching the lighthouse with me. And I don't know how to present it to talk Ooh. her into just don't present. Just put it on. Just, just don't even. On. Don't set anything up because yeah. you're not going to get yeah. through that if you do. Like, hey, I think this will be a fun. You're going to enjoy this one. night. Hey, I B. still haven't seen it. I just couldn't. Get, I just like couldn't give less of a shit. I know that I. Sh- I know it's, that I should. I'm, I'm just like. Eh. You don't have to. I, it is a divisive <laughs> film. Yeah. From my perspective, what okay. I will say is, I think that film is is fucking brilliant. Is in in a very absurd darkly comedic horrific way it is brilliant listen it's been a, a, a hot take divisive movie here on the greatest movies podcast yeah. um i i will stand by this i think it's it's one of the most pertinent like pandemic films like this this notion of quarantine and, and isolation um and the the role that that potentially plays in exacerbating pre-existing mental health conditions yeah um and that's that's I'll leave it at that. But I, I do think it's I think it's worth watching and watching with an open mind. Because, um, I mean, there, there's some there's some dialogues just flat out ridiculous. And there yeah. are some scenes that are just bonkers. But if you think about it in the context of like, is this reality for these people or are they also kind of starting to lose their grip on sanity and questioning what they think they're seeing? I, I think it it holds up a lot better than if you just try to watch it as a straightforward presentation of a film. Yeah. That being said, Lamb is much more an easier digestible film. And, and, and like I said, but been in the, like it's compared in the A24 realm, it's like as bizarre as like that concept seems for Lamb, it's a pretty straightforward movie. Um, it it seems like it, I, I don't know how you make it, it's premise alone right is bizarre enough and so i i think you lose people if you try and get too twisty with yeah, the content very, itself yeah, very straightforward yeah so, um but i, I enjoyed it. candy rating i would give it like you're, you're trick-or-treating around and someone puts some of that like ikea candy in your bag um you're not quite sure what it is at sometimes <laughs> but it's pretty Maybe good it's a meatball <laughs> you mean <laughs> the, sto- the storm <laughs> down <laughs> yeah ah i've gotten the storm down in my candy bag 
Like I said, you get it. You're like, I don't know what this is. I'm gonna eat it. It's all right. It's pretty good. It's like probably it. lingonberry flavored. Is it waffle? Yeah. Because I'll eat stroop waffles. Yeah. All day long. Uh, well, fruit waffles too straightforward. It's it's definitely this weird hard candy. You don't know what that fruit is. Yeah, one of those deals for sure. Uh, it's it's but it's probably lingonberry. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh, that's my candy rating for lamb. And then the other one, the reason I haven't seen many films, but I, I, I count this as a movie. Um, we have strict rules that JB always broke about TV series. Um, but I, I someone's got to take the mantle if he's gone. I did watch the Netflix limited series, uh, Midnight Mass, that is recently debuted on there. It's um, directed by Mac Flanagan, who did things like um, that um, Shining sequel, the Doctor Sleep with Hugh McGregor. He did like House on Haunted Hill. He did Gerald's Game, that other Netflix Stephen King type deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, Midnight Mass, it's seven episodes, each an hour long. Really, really, really good stuff. Um, it really feels like a, a seven-hour movie at the end of the day. But um, it's just about a priest who um, brings what he thinks is salvation to this small little island that um, kind of turns into um, damnation, if you will. And uh, um, really good stuff. It's, it's not over-the-top horror. It has its moments, but it's, it's just kind of this neat little show that is a lot of fun. So I would recommend Midnight Mass. It never gets, um, it feels like something Stephen King would write, but it's, it doesn't feel too Stephen Kingy either at the same time. Um, like those kind of the corny things that sometimes Stephen King stuff ends up being. Um, so Midnight Mass I'd recommend. And that to me, that was like, you got like that whole bag of fun side Snickers um, when you're, you're, you're trick-or-treating. It's like, it's, I would go for it. I would check it out. And um, those are my two things. So that's one reason. It's like it's like your Fear Street trilogy. You know, it's like it's it's one big thing. But it was a rare rare do I have time to kind of binge on a show, or even can stay awake. But this was one that took me till like two in the morning. Um, I think Friday. I mean, if, if yeah, what what do you? What's your candy? I said a bag of fa- oh, bag of fun size snacks. A bag. The whole bag. You got yeah. the whole bag. The whole bag of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. You know, you walk up to the house and they just throw that in. Like, what does this neat surprise? You know, I somehow missed that because I was, as you were talking about, I was like, man, I could have cheated and mentioned the fact that I've been watching Squid Game, and that feels very much like horror in a lot of ways. You and everybody else, million people. I know, but that was the thing. It's funny you bring up Squid Game. It was, it was the decision. I I can't say I made the right or wrong decision because I've only seen one of them. But it was Netflix was pulled up, and it was, do we watch Squid Game? Or do we watch Midnight Mass? Oh, I plan to watch both. Same, same. But Midnight Mass was the ultimate pick first. I was literally two minutes into Squid Game when Tim walked in the room and like, well, we're not watching this now. (laughs) He's like, nope. (laughs) You just so what? So we watch Loki instead. This (laughs) is the this is what you need to do. Do you have Apple TV? Yes. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna assume you've already watched Ted Lasso. Yes. Okay. You just make it like let him watch Ted Lasso and then you go watch like the things that are not Ted Lasso. Well, and, luckily and, football season has started. So that's an excuse for us to go to our separate, separate corners, rooms, <laughs> separate corners of the house and watch. Yeah. No, I Ted Lasso is like the, the perfect palate cleanser from anything that is upsetting. Mm-hmm. It's even, even the episodes that, that have some rough stuff. It's like, 
It's we actually still... haven't watched the second season yet, so that'll oh. be it'll be good. It's, oh man, yeah, you got it. You're in for a treat. So speaking for in for a treat, we'll move on to um, or is this a trick? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Argento's Deep Red, our feature We're film talking. of this discussion. 1975's Deep Red, or as it was originally titled, Profundo Russo, uh, also known as The Hatchet Murders. Okay. Mm, that's uh, if you Really? Have yeah. Tubi, How? Uh, I watched yeah. on Tubi under the name The Hatchet Murders. Really? Yeah, yeah this, this film is known under, I mean, obviously Profundo Russo is just Italian for Deep Red, but The Hatchet Murders was the other working title for the film that was used um, Occasionally, I think there was a single hatchet murder in the film, right? Well, it wasn't even was a hatchet a murder. Two it was attempted. A... Yeah, at the end she tries. The, with the end hatchet. she tries with the hatchet. The, with him, was there an actual hatchet? Well, there's a meat cleaver. There's a meat cleaver, right? Which is not a hatchet. Yeah, we're calling the meat cleaver the. I was about to discreet. I mean, as someone who who cooks, I was going to make a very strong distinction between what a meat cleaver is and a hatchet. I mean, yeah. maybe Gary, the Italian is uh, yeah, maybe in the translation. <laughs> Gary Paul. Also, wait a second. I just recent R.I.P. Right was the author of of the the young adult novel <laughs> Hatchet. But <laughs> I mean, a hatchet is used. That's outdoors. the American Hatchet. Game. Yeah, you know that the original <laughs> title was Meat Cleaver. So. <laughs> I, I, I also just book. want to clarify. So the original Italian title was Profundo Rosso. Rosso, yes. like a deep red. So does that mean that Porco Rosso means pig red? The red pig. The red pig. Oh, okay. Like the red. Like baron. the red baron. Okay. Got it. Okay. This for those of you right, who are Miyazaki lost track of where Jenny and I are, we're talking Studio Ghibli Miyazaki films. Yeah. Uh, no. So this this is a fun little film from 1975. Uh, it it's like Argento's return to the slasher genre. Um after his original kind of slasher trilogy. Uh, it's a film about a, a jazz pianist who we never get to see play piano. Um, we see him play one time. Oh, he plays one time. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. We do. But just not he's out a, in public. While he's holding also a engineer. statue in one hand. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the engineer part. Uh, but uh, this jazz pianist who witnesses uh, a murder um, and kind of becomes obsessed with trying to solve this crime uh, and, and performs a lot of breaking and entering. And <laughs> so many beanies, <laughs> so many beanies, um, which apparently is not a big deal. I guess not. Cause the police just didn't seem to oh, care at all about that. Wait, well, your DNA is everywhere. Um, but who, who kind of joins forces with this very savvy um, and brash uh, like female journalist. Um, Kind of just following this this series of of grisly murders um, after the the initial murder he witnesses, um, and kind of the rabbit hole down which that pursuit leads. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's the that's plot. my it's summary. That's what, that's yeah, my that's summary. Good summary. All right. So where do we want to start here? Because yeah, I, I mean, who wants to kick us off. Well, I mean, I'll say that. Yeah. Initial impressions. Going yeah. into it, so I know I've seen, you know, I've seen Suspiria, and I think I've maybe seen one or two other Dario Argento movies. 
But I went into this expecting some like psychedelic mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, little bat shit. And <laughs> um, I think the, the way it's filmed is definitely um, disorienting. But the story itself is a lot more straightforward than I expected it to be. I don't know if anybody else. They throw, they, they throw these elements in that there's so many parts of the movie that I'm like, it feels like it's from a different film that was like cut in, you know, like there's the, the scene in the car with uh, the penis and Claudia. It's Just like, like humor. Yeah. yeah. Very bizarre. Um, there yeah, with the this, seat like falling down. Right. It just is a very just a weird tonal shift for mm-hmm. that moment. So I because I I feel like at that to respond to that, I feel like I'm getting into kind of what I see the purpose of that in the film being and in sort of the larger purpose of the film in general. But it's it's about the emasculation. Like it's yeah, it's yeah. about this like this failure, right? And in this man's inability like to to fully realize himself. And and how he then responds to a full what feels like a fully realized woman. Well, in the previous right. scene or whatever, he like tells her like, "Why you're a woman? You can't." Uh, yes, you're not strong like a man. No, they have an arm wrestling. <laughs> arm wrestling. wrestling. Oh, well, they, what's they call it? Indian can't... wrestling thing. I have yeah. So weird. Oh gosh. But yeah. Figure out these, and then which is hilarious. And then like when he gets in the car with her, like his seat instantly like falls down, and he's at right. this lower level than her. And and the, yes. the which was the, weird because like was that supposed to relate to the crimes at all? I mean, I guess maybe you could shoehorn that in, well, sort of. But uh, all right, I feel like we're getting ahead of where where, where we need to be right now <laughs> because I do think it does relate to the crimes once we find out who right. is behind what is going on mm-hmm. and we have a better understanding of sort of it. I agree with you, right? This film feels a little disjointed. But so again, I, the first time I saw this film, I, oh, it was like maybe 18 or 19. Um, and I, I had have, I have a friend who is super into Italian horror. Um, and I think we did like a, if I, I may be misremembering this because it's, it's been over 20 uh, years. Um, but I think that there was like a Jalo like marathon and I know we watched Cat of Nine Tales. Um, and I believe it was Cat of Nine Tales and Deep Red and possibly Tenebre. Um draw Argento films. Um, but I, I distinctly remember this one because of the goblin soundtrack. Mm. Right. And just had like the prog rocky nature of these kind of like which just it, ran it, so counter to like my experience with with earlier Italian films, um, you know, and and so it did. I found have that this... really distracting. Just just as a side <laughs> note, like the Goblin soundtrack. Every yeah. time a song started, I was yeah. totally distracted. I was like, "What is happening with this song in relation to the action?" Well, it, it's it's to get There's you back no... in it because you've zoned out. You're not paying attention. <laughs> well, so the, the, right. So the, the scenes are played. <laughs> Supposed to be incongruous, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel it does. He does the same thing with Suspiria, right? It's you. You're talking about a ballet academy, and then you're talking about these like almost metally prog rock like musical numbers that come in and kind of jar you. 
And it's that contrast between this sort of very straightforward as far as like the way that the scenes are played for the most part, a very traditional acting. Um, and then you're just, you're punched with this, like this proggy guitar riff um, that, that kind of feels like someone dancing on your nerves just a little bit. Definitely and, did that. And it felt like there's one song in particular where everything wasn't perfectly in tune. And it was just very slight mm-hmm. distance. The, the bass and guitar were playing unison line. And every time that song came on, I was just sitting there like gritting my teeth through the entire duration. I have to say, I, I this 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 movie kind of gave me a headache. And I think it's supposed to sort of be that way where it's just like like the kind of the zooming in and out, the, you know, the it'll cut between a long shot and then like an extreme, like macro close up of mm-hmm. somebody's eye or something. And I, that was very disorienting. And I would, I would say having seen this at least I, it, twice and understanding, cause I, I have a, I have more, more of a history with other Argento films. I 100% think that's that's the entire purpose. It is to disorient the viewer. It's to be jarring and unnerving. It's to kind of put you on edge so that you're constantly uncertain of like where you are in relation to what is happening on the screen in front of you. I will say- I'll leave it there. That's my my initial impressions. Like this thing is set up to feel very jarring. Um, And I- it felt that way this time just as much so if I'm remembering correctly as it did the first time I watched it. What I found really enjoyable in those changes was it, it felt like a different treat each time something happened, like huge, like there was like that really at the beginning, there's like really artsy close-ups of the objects as the murderer was preparing. (laughs) Um, And then later on there was like a point of view from the murderer shot that was like very nerve wracking um, to see. And I just like, every time there was this like random change in tone, um, it, it really drew me back in um, to be like, oh, wow, that was neat. That was an odd choice, but I enjoyed that. And then the doll shows up. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. That's like, that's not real, right? Like, how can something function like that? A wind-up doll? Yeah, but how was it walking? Yeah, I think if you look at it a bit, if you like... like, yeah, It wasn't like, like walking, it, it was just kind of yeah. doing this like weebly-wobbly thing. And there, I mean, there are other mechanical yeah, toys from the 70s true, that if you wind them up... It's so big, though. I don't know. <laughs> now, there's a number of little things about the film, um, which I think kind of like Eugenia, I was hoping for... Um, I like I like my Argento with a little more of the the weird and psychedelic and um, out there, which comes, you know, this is seventy five and then seventy seven Suspiria comes out and then some of the films following Suspiria follow a little more in that like Inferno that comes after Suspiria is wild and crazy, um, but this has been in more of that slasher realm, um, a little more straightforward. But this still has a couple of those weird elements, right? It's like things that don't quite ex- explain themselves quite you know the doll or just random pieces of glass falling from the ceiling or from so a window and, and hitting them <laughs> you know um, so much things glass like that one. yeah a lot of glass well, and also just like well I, you know i know this is the typical like horror movie trope but like 
why are you going into this house at midnight, <laughs> you know, by yourself when there's that, that mummy had fantastic teeth, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, well, my first question was like, why are you trying to break the window from outside of the house? Go to the other yeah, side of the wall. I know. Dummy. I thought uh, the exact same thing. I'm like, you're gonna fall, there's you're gonna a fall room in there. Yourself. Um, but if you, he kind of slips and it does this awesome little synthesizer thing for a few seconds, which <laughs> is uh, equally grating on your ears, but also communicates, hey, he's he's in peril for a moment. Um, this was my first time seeing Deep Red, um, but also kind of like mentioned a little. I knew it'd be a little more in the classic slasher realm of the you know the jallo and have all those elements of it the the weird dubbing um as well that that's in there but like i think like you know like jenny you've mentioned too this sort of oh but at the end of the day it's kind of just this little murder mystery investigation movie um with a couple of weird parts um and, and in that realm when i'm watching it i'm i'm you know i haven't seen too many of the earlier works of argento i've seen the later stuff post suspiria um, and it made me feel of things like Mario Bava. Um, I was like, well, I like, like Bay of Blood better, or um, even like things like Black Sunday, even though it's kind of a different thing, or the Black Sabbath and, that he did. Um, but what I do love about this, and I felt that it was right there in line with, you know, the things I loved about Suspiria, was number one, the, the Goblin soundtrack, even as jarring as it was at times, um, I would never tire of hearing, like, when, when it came on, it was so loud. Because I'd have like the surround sound on, and it was just like blaring, and I was, I loved it. Um, I changed but, volume a lot in this film. Right? I could see that. Yeah. I could see that, right? But no, when it would just come on, it would just be, it would just be so loud. So I love the Goblin soundtrack, um, and then the camera work in general is, yeah, it's constantly moving. But uh, some of it you think about, and you, you balance this thing. Like I'm trying to watch it as I watched it two times in a row, um, one time right before we did this talk, and then the day before. Um, so I try to watch it in like a more modern lens of as a new viewer, but then also appreciate like what it was doing in 75. And then just seeing the camera work it, it, for a film in 1975 for a film that is in essence, right? Like a trashy pulp type murder slasher flick, you know, based on the, the Jallo novels, uh, you know, that the style of, of pulp fiction. Um, but just to see the, the artistry of the camera work, um, and just the way scenes are laid out. And it's just, it's one of those, I, at one point for us Athens, Georgia folks, I remember seeing a show at the Secret Squirrel um, late one night and, you know, one o'clock in the morning, two in the morning, whatever. And there was some weird garbage man playing, whatever, it doesn't matter. But they projected Suspiria behind them the whole time they played. And, you know, Suspiria is one of these films that you don't even need to, you can you can appreciate it just by watching it with with no sound, and I felt there was not a hundred percent of this film, but a lot of this film you could watch it with the sound off on mute, and still get a lot of takeaway from it, um, and, and just a beautifully shot and and, and put together film, um, especially yeah. when it came to the murder scenes, especially when it came to you know the crime scene afterwards. Um, all that it was my, just my partner was half watching and she just kept commenting on how beautiful each shot looked throughout yeah yeah like everything just looks like so everything's and that's the thing even though it's the weird stuff you're like everything is so deliberate and purposeful in this film so and i think that's one of the things that argento does so well and that i think that's part of of what makes this film the film it is, is 
there's a very formal nature to the style of directing and cinematography. Like shots are lit very technically and things are framed in a very meaningful and like purposeful way. All the while we're dealing with this very pulpy kind of story, right? That kind of meanders and, and point like points us to red herrings and, and redirects us to other places. Um, and, and has the sensational fake blood um, and, and some of the over-the-top makeup. But, but every scene is shot impeccably. Like all of the little close-ups, the macro shots are incredible. The detail you see in the scenes where we just see a close-up of an eye with dark eyeliner being applied mm-hmm. and you can see the, the flex in the, the cornea. Um, you know, it, that's, that's what he does so well. Right. And, and then there are all these little nods, right. We, we, we have our main characters and they're in these scenes and they're, they're discovering things, but they almost always seem to leave just slightly like a second earlier before something else is revealed that we, the audience can see. And so there are all the, these little nods to the audience that help us kind of start to dial better in. We, we know yeah. a little more than the protagonists do. But I think they all, he also uses that. He kind of, you know, Sean was saying at the beginning, he sort of set up the camera, that first scene in the lecture hall. And then you have the perspective of what is you think is the killer. The person leaving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then so. later on when the, um, the psychologist guy gets killed with a ventriloquist dummy or whatever, um, <laughs> they, there's that, you know, he keeps on looking out the, the door and then you're looking through the door at him and you're thinking, all right, the killer is standing out here. And then the killer comes from a completely different direction. So it's kind of this like almost like trick. It's a, it's a, again, it's, it's back to that disorientation of the viewer, right? And it, it, it's playing on this notion of, oh, we want, like, we want to think this guy is smart enough to know, like, oh, he senses this because he's, he studies telepathy, like, he studies this, these psychic connections. But he doesn't know any more than, than we do. In fact, we know more than he does because we have more information as the audience. Um, but it's, a, I, it's something I think he does a lot. He, he does it again in Suspiria, right? And, and he does it uh, in Phenomena and, and, and later films. But it's, it, is it perfect? Like, no. But does it fit the genre and does it fit the way that he tells stories? I think, I think it does. Um, the interesting thing to me here is like this gender role subversion within this film. Um, and he plays everything because, you know, our, our main character is this male, um, Mark, uh, played reasonably well uh, by, what is his name? It's like David Hemmings or... David, Hemmings? yeah, who was also in Antonioni's Blow Up in, like, 66. Yeah. Um, I had to look him up, too, because he sounded a lot like 
the voice for the original Danger Mouse, but but it wasn't. <laughs> so, so I had I was, to research I was it. To ask, you mentioned the dubbing. Yeah. But I was trying to pay close attention to their mouths, but it looked like it was filmed in English. So a lot of it was filmed in English. Yeah. Okay. There is but, some overdubbing, but then there's some like German with right yeah Yeah, well i had the subtitles on and it was not translating the german for me and Um, part of the the jalo style was record they recorded very little actual sound in in the moment and everything was dubbed later and so some films it didn't matter if an actor even knew if they all the actors spoke the same language so occasionally you'll have an actor on screen who's speaking italian or something else um, and just performing their their scene, and then everything is dubbed English prior. There was or, an entire scene where they were speaking Italian, though, right? When they were walking, there was there was one or two scenes that I had subtitles pop up, and it was translated. Yeah, I was again. Tubi is not the uh, most premier app for watching films, um, so I didn't get any subtitles. Well, well, I mean, so I I pay for Shutter. It is not the most premier app for okay, watching uh, yeah. films either. Um, I. I have to literally go and force close the app yeah. every time I want to watch a new movie just to be able to start the new movie. Just have so. to re-log in. <laughs> I don't have to re-log in. I, just I have, have to, to always re in. I have to do a force quit, mm. reopen the app, and then re like, ah, now I'll find the film I wanted to watch next. I ended up renting it from just Google Play. And yeah. um, it was, uh, it came on with the subtitles, but then it was in English. So I turned them off. And then when they start, when Helga started speaking, speaking German, I turned them back on, but it did not translate the German for me. So Mm. I don't know what she was saying. I don't know. know, I think that's when she was on the tell. That was on the, when she was on the telephone before she got killed. Um, All she's saying is she's publishing an article about her psychic, her, her vision, her, her style or whatever, something. And then she gets talking a little bit about the event in the, the, like the theater where she's, experiences the that's why the killer comes and crumples up her notes or whatever that's on her chair right right that's what i figured that she had been writing something about Uh, another jallo signature the the leather black gloves oh yeah you know just one of the tropes or or motifs speaking of that not to get us way off track we get back to your point gabriel one of my things of like ongoing motifs that kept popping up this yeah you got the black gloves and you know the glass and some of the stuff but this like constant of things coming out of people's mouth. Um, I don't know if anybody else <laughs> caught wind of that. This constant. Yeah. At the yeah, beginning, the Olga, she drinks water and then it's a close up of oh, her mouth. Oh, right. Yeah. Water coming and out. The blood coming end. out. There's a number of scenes where wow. yeah, water and blood or spit just pours out of people's mouth. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> and I, I'm just I, like, I, what? I wrote it down. I'm like, mouth motif? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> Well, eyes too. The eyes. I mean, eyes you get like someone's watching you. Yeah. Who's the murderer? Like you yeah. get like the paranoia, just the constant like spit up of fluids. It's, yeah, it's not like that's not an uncommon thing in these these seventies yeah. Jalo films, right? With the the way that makeup was done, it was like, oh, here, let's make sure some red stuff comes out, and then something foamy and yeah, but, but, but white, even with yellowish. Olga, even even the whole got the right if she's, yes, she's the, making her prediction. She drinks a, a thing of water, and then she's like, "Oh my god, I have a vision. The murderer's it's here." Just or something. Shock. And then, I and can't then even swallow like, the water. Out all this water. <laughs> yeah. And then she's, and he zooms in on her mouth real quick. Yeah. Like, all right, 
All right. Did you all have like a, a favorite kill? I mean, I think for me, I'd jump in real quick. I mean, that with the cleaver at the beginning um, and, and her in the glass in the window cool. is, I mean, it's pretty intense. And this like from the street and her arms are up mm-hmm. and then they look up and I go, that's the thing the that whole, I remember the most. For me, the thing that I'm going to remember from this film is the scene with the, the professor, you know, stu- the guy who studied the psychic phenomena. That whole scene, mm-hmm. uh, tension was great. And then the ventriloquist dummy just like, well, I man, feel like him getting his head was, beat in the corners. I had to look away. It was brutal. It was <laughs> yeah. Brutal. It was, Very brutal. The mantle of the, uh, and, and the side of the uh, desk. Every, I, I every, turned and looked away. Oh, the, every that's piece a mouth of furniture. That is another mouth thing. You're right. <laughs> every piece of furniture that had a corner that All a mouth corners. could be just jammed yep. onto. Oof. Yeah. It was. So yeah. I, that, I, I turned. I turned and looked away. I was like, I can't. I can't see. This. I can hear it. Very good. <laughs> amongst the goblin score. Um. For me, um, I think it's the Amanda Rigetti um, murder that takes place. Uh, so she's she's talks she's talking to the old lady. Like the old lady leaves, she goes back into her house, and like all of a sudden, like the lights start to kind of go out. And once um, again, you find this hanging doll. Why are yeah. you going back? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You you just found a you found a, a yeah, small like, whoa. Child doll hanging by its neck. Um, But the birds coming loose, like the birds being loose, the knitting needles. Mm -hmm. um, The again, I mean, there's some stuff with heads being smashed into things, um, but ultimately just the brutality. And that's not what I enjoyed about it. But like the oh, I'm gonna why why is tap water so goddamn hot in Italy? No, i know I mean, why it's like you need oh. to adjust Y'all your hot water heater <laughs> your hot water heater to just <laughs> boiling like like nuclear you what temperature should this hot water heater be i don't know 385 degrees fahrenheit <laughs> yeah, probably rough. probably um it should leave blisters upon just contact uh straight but, from the faucet no waiting yeah. just turn yeah. it right it's a, off it's a, you turn it on it's everything <laughs> is covered in just the steam everything's fogged over that's my favorite part um, of that scene ends later when the guy comes back and he, yeah he well, the, up. My, my favorite line of the movie is when he's like what are you doing he goes i just had to learn who the killer was just like no. walks away well, I'm like, that's my very, favorite line i mean what is the what's like what is the groundskeeper like? What's this lady gonna do? What's the maid gonna yeah, do? Yeah, you know she's not gonna solve the murder. He's I just love it. He has a degree. What are you doing? Um, I just had to find out who the killer was. But and then just leaves. There was something very gratifying and like kind of how long that death took, and mm-hmm. just the the multiple steps involved. Like, I mean, this woman killed her own bird. With yeah. a knitting needle, yeah, um, and then is is kind of jostled around a bit, gets dunked into this boiling tap water, yeah. um, and then manages to find the strength while her face is literally blistering over to point at the and mirror to write, wall and to write a couple yeah words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she 
Well, that's she wrote some it was fucking, or something, yeah. That's some gumption and wherewithal, right? Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's acknowledge but, but, that. But all the death scenes, and that was one thing that was kind of interesting. It was one of the notes I wrote. I just put long death scenes. Like, it seemed like most of the killings were just a, just a bit uh-huh. longer than you'd expect them to be. Well, that's yeah, I'll, I'll just go ahead yeah. and throw in the, uh, the death of uh, Carlo, the end mm. there. Near the yeah. end there. Carlo <laughs> being like dragged all, all around with the dump yeah. truck or whatever as well. Yeah, like accidentally dragged by a dump truck and then head run over. Oh, then of course, yeah, to end car. it, let's just, let's just squash his head right there, right? <laughs> the tire. Even no question. Yeah. I mean, that was one, that was one, also one of the more like comical deaths. Um, yeah. I felt like. But you, you and once they showed you the hook on, hanging from the garbage truck, you're like, okay, we know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Like a, like a vaudevillian cane. But it's like, yeah, it's like you're yanking him off the stage. You're it was like the Sandman at the Apollo. Just yeah. like, yeah, come on, get out of here. And I think that is important for horror films that like to have memorable kill scenes, which this <laughs> film absolutely does. That's so important. very memorable kill scenes. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, the minute they like took that first turn after he was hooked, I was like, oh, yeah, his head's about to hit a curb. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's I remember that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how that goes. <laughs> um, no. It, it, so this film has very memorable kill scenes. I don't think it has an overabundance of deaths, so I appreciate that. Yeah, right? Yeah. The deaths seem very calculated once you get to the climax and understand who was behind all of this. Um, but I, 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 I kind of, I really want to come back to the, the just the gender role reversal and in what Argento's doing here with playing on, right, a traditional notion of like a damsel in distress. Um, and, and he really, I think he really does a great job here of, I mean, name another film in, you know, from the 1970s where you, you actually have like transsexual, um, or transgender, like representation, Mm -hmm. um, you, you have, uh, you know, someone who who's clearly trying to function out in the world, but not functioning well because of their sexuality. And like, it's abundant. Like there's, there, I don't think in any way, like the Carlo character is like being played as this character that's being poked fun at or, or, you know, made light of. He's definitely tragic. It's yeah. a tragic. It, and that's what I'm saying. I, I think what Argento does here in talking about trauma and the manifestation of trauma in behavior and, and action and, and the way one self-deprecates, right? Or, or doesn't become fully formed. I think it's a big part of, of the story in this film, right? I, I think you see it with Mark, right? There, there's a lack of kind of self-fulfillment. There's this inability to kind of see a woman as being fully formed and strong and wholly like capable um, with the Carlo character he's so repressed right that he drinks himself all like on a daily basis almost drinks himself to death um and he, i think all of this is played with with the, it's it's addressed with a lot of reverence um and and it's pointed to not 
to to make light of, but but to hold a candle to to society and, and make commentary about kind of the way we marginalize people based on gender or sexuality. And and then when we we get the reveal at the end of of who is behind everything that has been been happening, it's it's you know if you're thinking about things from a very traditional perspective, it's the it's the person you you least likely suspect. Um, and it's because I, again, you get like going back to that that flashback scene, which is we have just shadows of in the opening sequence. Um, but it's it's because of a problematic relationship between a man and a woman where the man is trying to impose his will on the woman and therefore creates this trauma that impacts their child. And now their child as an adult is not fully self-actualized or realized. And all the silly giallo tropes aside, right. That happen around all of that. That's the core of this story. And, and that to me is, is what makes this film work. And, and almost gives it this timeless sort of quality. But again, that's, that's just, that's me. So. No, I mean, I I, 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 I got time. Sorry. No, go ahead. I felt honestly that the, I felt that like it was a little more exploitative than that. Um, I don't know. I didn't necessarily feel that he was trying to frame Carlo in a sympathetic light more than saying look at how traumatized this person was this is who he is now this is how he lives his life because of this trauma you know i don't i don't think yeah, I I, that was the way that was the way i saw it no i mean i definitely I, with carlo and that was a takeaway at the end like this is this is framed and looked through the the lens of someone who's experienced trauma as a child and where he's at um, but then also part of it of a child now who's spent his whole life, in, in essence, protecting his mother um, and looking out for her. And that has also led, in addition to his struggles in, with his sexuality and, and kind of being, you know, because that's why when, when um, I forgot what Mike, the main character guy, Mark. When, he, Mark, when he finds him and even Carlo, you know, is initially like, oh, you found out my secret or whatever. Um, so he's repressed in, in that regard, but it's, but also with Carlo, it's a mother who, from what we're kind of hinted at or told that mothers has some mental illness and mental struggle as well as we also see it in the fact that she continually calls Mark uh, an engineer as well. And, and, and constantly starts talking about her, um, her acting career and all her images and, and all that, her pictures, um, and showing you still haven't seen all my pictures or whatnot. Um, and so he's also spent a life trying to, 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 to protect his mother as well and to kind of shield her um, and, and whether it's hiding her mental illness or, or whatnot or covering up for it, even to the very end, to his death. And that's even when the mother shows up and says, he was just trying to protect me. And we see a, a man who's just, you know, ruined it by the end of the movie. Yeah. And so it, that was my Carlo take. I, I, so I never viewed any of it exploitative because we never get a reaction from Mark. Like the... The Mark character never judges him, right? He well, never judges him as, yeah, as much as Mark is towards women. <laughs> for, for Carlo, he's like, it's, it's he's fine. like, cool. It's cool. I like yeah. whatever. Like you just like you're 
you're wasted and I just like you you have to make a living you need to come play you know you need to come live your like do the things you do and and I never once viewed anyone judging Carlo for who Carlo was other than Carlo judging himself. Well, Carly definitely judged himself 100%. Yeah. I mean, and, this and, whole, his our whole meeting is like, we, we, we're, we're two of the same person, right? We have, we do the same career, but for totally different reasons. And I feel um, like when you exploit something like that, you tend to, even if it's not direct, there, there tend to sort of be these backhanded judgmental jabs. And I don't feel like Argento ever does that in, in the context of this film. I, I felt I think I felt like that because I felt like um you know he was the red herring um and I mean the, I see what you're saying that almost like oh look at this gay guy he's definitely mm-hmm. fucked up in, in, the, in the head enough to be the murderer kind but, of thing but even um, if we go back to the first kill and we we watch the context of that scene if you've paid any attention you have to understand like at that point it has to register. Like Carlo was not the killer. Carlo yeah. was there. Like Carlo was out in the plaza. Like well, that, that Carlo was, was in the street talking drunk. to Mark as all of this was happening. They both yeah. heard the screen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Carlo only misdirects when Carlo is addressed as, you know, and Mark says, no, there was someone in a, a trench coat and, yeah. you know, a hat and they walked past you, right? I saw you walk out. Did you see them? You know, mm-hmm. I just I think that's planted there for people who aren't paying attention. But I don't think it's like a true red herring. And I I don't think it's. It's a pretty brief red herring. Yeah, not... it's, it's, you're, you're talking yeah. about someone who, despite the fact that maybe because if, if you wanted to read anyone else is possibly judging Carlo, the only other person you could read is judging Carlo is his mother. And maybe that's why every time Mark shows up, she's like, oh, you're the engineer trying to place on him some higher regard, like more highly regarded Mm -hmm. profession that that, oh, I understand, like my son has relationships with men. You're coming around. Maybe you're the engineer he has a relationship with. Right. Mm, That's that's the way I read that. Um, And it's it's her projection of her own inability to kind of cope with who Carlo is as a fully formed person, understanding that the trauma that he's experienced was caused by her and her actions. Yeah. I will yeah, I mean, say I, I, for my part, um, the, so Gabriel, the, you know, the themes you're talking about with the sort of gender reversal with Mark and um What's the woman's name? Claudia. Uh, Claudia. Gianna. Gianna. Gianna, the reporter. Yes, Gianna. Gianna. Um, I recognized those themes. You know, they're pretty hard to miss with the arm wrestling and the, (laughs) yeah. But um, I will say that I, at the end of the day, I could not really find much of a connection with like, the plot of the killer in there. I mean, I, I, I guess I can sort of recognize that it's, you know, a woman who killed her husband because he wanted her to go to a mental hospital. But then on the other hand, like she obviously needed to go to a mental hospital. <laughs> like I don't it's a pretty quick, uh, yeah. quick response. 
yeah and he was in the way that you know the flashback was working he seemed very like kind to her and empathetic about it it didn't seem like an overbearing husband who was controlling her and you know in my view so I was just having a little trouble like connecting those elements or I think if they were supposed to be connected I think I was viewing it through a pulpy lens as well so it's yeah so the thing to remember here is that when she's talking about her career early on to Mark, and she's talking about her acting career, granted, we, we don't get, we probably don't get given enough to really understand that, no, that was real, mm. right? And that that was something that was deferred and put on hold because of her husband's like professional ambition and pursuits because she became a mother, right? Because she became a wife and a mother, she had to put her professional pursuits on hold to now be, you know, a a stay at home mom. And so that's part of where she started to lose grip with her sanity, right? That's part of where she started to take a dark turn. And well, we're not given than, enough context to infer those things. I 100% agree with yeah. you. I think that's what's missing here. There's a there's seven minutes of, of additional kind of, could we get some other flashbacks that help us fill in these gaps? But I think if, if, we, if we want to read it and take her take on her deferred career as an actress at face value, and understand that the thing that deferred that career was marriage and children or a child, mm-hmm. it then paints a better picture of understanding why she might have resentment or why she right. might have a, a tenuous relationship with this man that, that we perceive in traditional contexts as, as caring deeply for her, mm-hmm. but maybe right. not, maybe not having those, those open conversations that actually help her along the way so that they're both actively planning what their futures look like, as opposed to just focusing on what his future and his son's future look like. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I see that. But then, and I'm kind of like in the Jenny camp where I'm like, yeah, but then to take no, it's not there. And, right? and, and, to, and to stab a, the husband, unlike front of the Christmas tree with a child, in front of the child. Yeah, it's one the thing is like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to poison your oatmeal in the morning is one thing versus, uh, Stabbing you in the knife at Christmas. And then upon being in a room years, decades later, and then a psychic saying there's a murder among us. And her thing is, I need to now go kill go. every single person associated <laughs> with this. Even well, I was this. wondering why she didn't kill the other dude who was up on stage. How did he how did he escape? Because he, he was, was the one who said so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he was just he was so he didn't give a shit. He was there to exploit the psychic. Yeah, he's like Yeah, but know. he was the one who told uh told Mark about the book, so he knew Yeah, he, he put Mark on He was part of what I loved those those couple little scenes in the beginning and I just wrote in my note three dudes sitting around chatting about the murder. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that was like my favorite scene. Just I like, actually I enjoyed the scene where he went to like every greenhouse he could find to talk to, to find to, like, like who, yeah. who imported these fucking trees. It felt like it felt like a law and order episode for a little bit. <laughs> yes, all it all it was missing was the dong dong. That was a big criticism for me is I feel like they could have cut 
10, 10 minutes out of this. Don't cut that little well, lizard stabbing girl, though. Don't cut I, her. No, no, my, my, yeah. oh my God. So lizards or, are a recurring thing with Argento. Those are, like, yeah. lizards are Argento's favorite animal. And he always finds a way to insert lizards into many of his films. Well, speaking um, of the, the little girl and the lizard scene, and it's kind of my final time. We'll get to a vote, so we don't. <laughs> I probably could talk more about this film. But my other weird, just like head scratching moment was, yeah, who also sends a young girl with this strange yes. man? Just yeah. like, oh, you want to go check out up. this house? And then um, like slaps her across the face. Yeah, right but there. also like, go drive away with this stranger. Um, he's going to take you to an abandoned house and we'll check she, on you later. She doesn't have keys. She's not like, she doesn't even go into the house. No, I was, so I was relieved. I was relieved when he went to the gate by himself and she yes. stood on the sidewalk. I was like, thank God. But I'm watching this. I go, what is happening here? What is this? I, I, I actually think that maybe you're supposed to sort of for a minute think that like she could be the killer. Yeah, somehow. that's a little quick. Yeah, little she's psychically that, killing that people. She's yeah. the yeah. she's watching another, from the window. And that's why, and, I agree. Uh, that I, was like her role to make you think for a moment that she was the person. I, and I'm like, what? No, that, that was one of those moments. I'm like, not nah, what's going on here. But again, her purpose was to kind of point them in the direction of saying like, hey, like, again, another misdirection, which is, again, very common yeah, yeah. portion of, of, like, the giallo tropes. Um, but to then, when misdirected, say, no, I didn't make this up. Like, I I saw this in the school. Some other right. kid mm-hmm. fucking painted this. Well, then she had a role, yeah, later on with the... And the, so it's, yeah. it's to then provide additional context and clues to then put them in the right place to find... Which- which, then right, again, which is then like, what points us towards understanding that well, again, Carla was movie, somehow involved. Yeah. In this movie from 75, like there's all these little things you see even in movies today or like I made the Law and Order joke today. It's yeah. the, of course, there's the scene where you go back to the school and you see the kid drawings and you figure out who the real killer is. Somebody uh, touched this kid the wrong way. Jesus we've seen Christ. This, Get we've the seen SVU. This over. <laughs> my other sort of just comical complaint of like banging my head against the coffee table was when uh, Mark is slowly... You mean the mantle? Killed. Yeah. No, no when he, yeah, the mantle. Mouth against the mantle. Herb. When he's slowly, <laughs> he's slowly peeling away the drywall with, like, yeah. his single finger. Finger, I know. Pick up a tool. Finally, <laughs> he picks up a piece of glass. And I'm like, dude, come on. Um, and it's just, like, piece by piece. He's just like, we get it. There's a picture behind there, dude. Just, so, anyway, it's one of my little... Uh, I, I was going crazy there, watching it. <laughs> yes. I did enjoy how, like, he was just instantly believed by everyone. Like he's he's on the scene of like all these murders and like his DNA like, is all over good. all like I mean, granted, <laughs> DNA is not a thing in seventy five, but Jesus Christ, this dude walks into every though. crime scene and touches everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. touches everything. Well, he, yeah, he lifts the body up and, and moves it over as well when he first shows up. Like, Should I spit in this, this dead body's stuff. mouth? I don't know. <laughs> but that's what I do like the. The, the the police detective or whatnot is just uh do nothing, no nothing guy. You know, he gets shot in the shoulder later, like um, like in the armpit between his jacket by Carlo. He does nothing to help solve this this crime <laughs> yeah. um at all. So I, I did enjoy that just that aspect as well. So this is sort of comical piece. But all right. So the one thing I will say is I I know that I watched um the version that was available on 
shutter and it's it's like a minute it's an hour and 40 yeah. hour and 45 ish minutes i do know there is a director's cut of this that, that is, is about 20 minutes longer yeah i have not seen this i, I know it was i don't remember exactly when it was released and so my my question having never seen the director's cut is is there this is there more are there more scenes that provide additional context outside of what we get in the original theatrical cut of this film because to your point right i i get like yeah there are holes here and they're they're weird i feel like there's so much effort spent trying to make sure they hit on certain giallo tropes and then kind of, you know, flip those tropes in some ways. Um, that it, it's, it's not as easy to kind of get sucked into and enjoy mm-hmm. as like Suspiria. Yeah. But simultaneously, I, I wonder a film like Suspiria, which clocks in, at sub hour and 40 minutes. Like, does the fact that it's so tight, like, is that what makes it better? Or is, are we less distracted because the pacing moves so much more quickly to ensure that we get to our ending? Um, whereas here, it feels like maybe the film needs to breathe a little more. But are there, are there richer... Is there richer commentary being offered despite the fact that it feels a little broken in this joint? Yeah. And that's where I think that's where things fall for me with with Deep Red. It's is there enough commentary that I can overlook some of the flaws or are the flaws too glaring to kind of take the commentary for what I perceive it to be? Or does the commentary not matter as much as just watching a good pulpy slasher flick? <laughs> I'd be very curious if the director's film actually add the director's cut actually adds more. Yeah, I, I have a different my, perspective, I, having not seen any other Argento films. So maybe I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt because um, y'all have more context. I I think Argento in context is important. Um, just simply knowing the body of work. Uh, if you go back to the Bird with the Crystal Plumage, um, if you if you've seen other Argento films, it, he's, he's someone who likes to play with what the standard is, but then appreciates kind of flipping it or, or twisting it, playing with the formal and throwing in things that don't necessarily fit. I, I may be mistaken, but I feel like he was the first shallow or like Italian horror director to impose like progressive rock music, like into the score and soundtrack of his films like he he goes with goblin for a couple of films and then kind of gets away from that um introduces some stuff that that feels more standard and i think ultimately comes back to more of the progressive rock um scoring and soundtracking but it's i i think it feels to me i've not seen his entire body of work but having seen what i think is enough of it He's someone who likes to play in tropes and, and the genre, but simultaneously try to push the boundaries of what that can be. Yeah. All right. I think we're at that 
that pivotal moment where we have to make a decision, uh, great or not great. And uh, Sean, all we do is we um, we've, we've switch it up a little bit. We always jot down to keep us honest a little great or not great on a piece of paper, um, and then we share it. Up until recently, we have sort of all revealed our our moment at the same time. We like pop it up, great, not great, and we just and then we found we kind of stumbled into another like twenty minute conversation about our our decisions. So we're just going to go around here the circle, and you have your sort of minute or two to say your 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 piece, your 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 uh, your your thoughts, your final closing thought about it, and then it's and for that reason it's a great and where it's not great, and uh, by the Sometimes we know where the path is going. Other times we don't know until that last vote. So we still jot down our great, not great, but then we give our reasons individually and uh, sort of like a little shark tank moment. And for that reason. So I'm, I'm ready for mine. Do we want to, since Gabriel, since you ended on your point, maybe I'll start it. We'll go around the circle and then we'll end on you. Usually it works. Or do you want to go? I'm just gonna, and then who wants to go second or third? Um, Sean, Jenny, or got you two are in the middle. I don't care. I'll go second. All right, Ready. second, third, and then Gabriel rounds us out. All right, so here we go. Um, deep red. Two viewings back to back for me. Um, I was talking in our Patreon pre-show about kind of watching it the first round. Um, not that it didn't click with me, but I definitely was like having trouble paying attention and staying focused in so much that um, a second watch was definitely required. But by about halfway through, I was right in the first watch. I was right there in it. Second watch um, really, really enjoyed it. And I would think speaking a bit about Suspiria and, and Gabriel, you were talking about, you know, kind of the running time of each, you know, what, what would help if, if this was a slightly longer movie with more context, like the director's cut, Suspiria being a little tighter, does that help? I would say this is a very rewatchable film, um, maybe even more so than something like Suspiria, where Suspiria, something I really, really like, and one reason we didn't talk about it because we figured it would just be an agreed-upon great, and there might not be much tension in the discussion there. Um, but it's also a film I'm never that compelled to watch, um, because it seems like a labor to watch. It seems like it's a lot to sit through, um, even though it's relatively short, comparatively speaking. This movie, the second viewing, flew by, and I was, I was into it. I knew where I was going. I enjoyed it. I saw the killer's face in the mirror 15 minutes into the movie, just as they said it was there. And something I didn't. I saw quite... it too, and I just ignored it. Don't think <laughs> about like, it, right? Oh, I and, guess that wasn't a thing. And that's that's one of the fun things I find here is that it calls into question our abilities, like our own ability to remember, right? And to to how well we we think of ourselves as being detail oriented, but how well mm -hmm. do we actually pay attention to detail? And plus, it was fun because the whole movie, Mark is saying that painting, that painting, right? And eventually, it clicks, and so that was fun. And, and I really like this movie so, so much more and appreciated it so much more on the second viewing because I was less trying to figure out the plot or some of the weird decision-making things or even trying to explain the weird mechanical doll, explaining who's drawing these pictures on the chalkboard that's sitting in this room or who's having time to run up and orchestrate this doll and a noose. Um, all those little things that before I was watching it and, and doing so... 
it, it definitely got better when I watched it and appreciated it so much more. And I found myself in between Saturday and Sunday thinking about um, Deep Red much more than I thought I would think about it. Like, it's definitely a movie that has stuck with me. And some of the other films I've re- seen wa- recently, um, heck, even like something like Lamb, which I really liked. I made a comment last night because I watched Deep Red with my wife and Lamb. And I was like, I'm thinking about Deep Red a lot more than I'm thinking about Lamb. Um, which Maybe was you need to see Lamb a second time. I definitely need to see Lamb a second time. With all that being said, this also feels like a film, like an educational film, like the kind of thing you would watch in a college course and you're being educated in what Jallo cinema is and 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 what the the groundbreaking nature that this came like, oh look, it does it does this genre so well. This is to quote Gilmore del Toro, Dario Argento's masterpiece. It, it might very well be in the Jallo slasher realm. And I think before we move on to um, Suspirius, where he per- perfects that uh, mystery slasher film. Um, so that's something to appreciate as well. But I think with all that is why it leans me to saying this is not a great for me. So that's where I stand. Jenny. Okay. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll just go ahead and write, say, also, I'm right, not great with you, Jesse. That was the smallest um, piece of paper that's ever been used on this podcast. um, It's almost insultingly not great. And how small the piece of paper is. It's like tipping a penny. I I tore it off this little. You know, I, I appreciate your service so much. (laughs) <laughs> I tipped a penny. Uh, the do not let the size of the piece of paper. Um, yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I don't want to disparage this movie. I I mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching it. Um, I think I think you're right, Jesse. It's a it's an. I think it would be an easy rewatch. It would, I think it'd be one of those movies if it. I doubt I would ever come across it on TV, but if I did, I'd be like, all right, I'll watch the last 45 minutes of this or whatever. Um, so, but it just, it just doesn't quite rise enough for me. Maybe my standards are too high or I'm putting it, you know, but it just, when I think of great movies, I, this just did not, did not quite make the cut for me. And that's not to say that it wasn't good. And, and I also think that, it's really hard trying to watch a movie in modern day that I've already seen so many movies in the meantime that probably stole from this movie or, you know, the style. And so to me, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking like, well, I've seen that before. I, you know, this is not new territory for me, even though that might, you know, this very well may have been one of the first. So that's probably a bit of an unfair assessment or an unfair bias, but I'm not really sure how to escape that bias. It's just what it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the kills were good, you know, the murders were good. The, it was a pretty fast pace. There wasn't too much like extraneous, like slogging through stuff. So I appreciated that. It's just, I, it's a good movie. It just didn't quite rise high enough for me. 
Sean? Yeah. Uh, Let's see what's going. <laughs> I really appreciated your uh, your just you're talking about the college film course. Um, I definitely feel like this is something that I would have seen. And I think it probably would have been one of my favorite films in the course. Um, I think that it has a lot of entertaining pulpy bits. I think um, I'm coming at this from the point of view from a, a horror film fan. Typically, when I'm looking to watch a movie, um, I lean towards you know horror films uh, more than anything else. Probably if you stacked up you know movies I've watched in my life, it's horror movie stack is going to be a lot taller than any other genre um and it's not necessarily that you know it it fits in that genre slightly in some elements and in some ways um but it is a it's a gala movie which is more of a mystery uh suspense sort of thing um i think that the the cinematography was gorgeous throughout uh, i really enjoyed you know, the photography, um, just still images were stunning. Uh, the, the sense of uh, loneliness that was created throughout um, in that square at the initial part when you, before you found Carlo there. Uh, every time there's a murder, someone being alone in the apartment, it was just conveyed really, really well. It made me Google uh, the world population <laughs> at the time, which is 4.5 billion. Um, but but it, we, it caused, sparked a, a discussion between the partner and I about you know, how much emptier the world was, like actually at that time. Um, anyway, but, uh, but yeah, overall, uh, I just, I, I think I do need to watch it a second time. Um, I wish I had given, I wish I had the time to give it a second viewing for this discussion. Um, and I think I will watch it in the future again a second time. Um, because I think that there are a lot of cool elements. And I think that I'm telling Dario Argento to uh, edit, which is, um, as, a, as a director, editor, cinematographer, <laughs> actor himself. The uh, Hitchcock of Skaggs? Yes, exactly. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know it, maybe not the, the coolest thing to say, but I do think it, it there are a lot of really memorable things about this film that I that will definitely stick with me. Like the doll thing, as much as I was like, "Why is this happening?" Um, the, just the visual of it, the still image, is like imprinted on my brain. Um, and like all those kill scenes were fantastic. I just think like I don't know the the mystery investigation part was extremely frustrating for me because I felt like it could have been just so much quicker. But this is also a film from 1975. So I'm, and I, maybe I have ADD. Um, but anyway, so my, uh, this is my code. Yeah. On the telephone. Yeah. yeah. We got it not great. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I, <laughs> um, once again, Gabriel. <laughs> no, it's a, I just, I think this film does so much with so little. I, I don't think the issue is Argento's editing. I think it's more an issue of perhaps editing for the cinema. Um, but I, I appreciate what is recorded um, and, and put out to the audience. I think this is, 
textbook giallo, yet it subverts the traditional tropes that are very male-centric. Um, I appreciate what ultimately comes to be the end of this film in what I think is a, essentially a mirror um, between Marcus kind of and his failures in his career for whatever reason, uh, being confronted with Carlo's mom, Marta, and, and sort of the delaying or, or the deferment of her own career because of the desires or, or personal pursuits of her husband. Um, I mean, I, I think we, we get all those, those things as this neat, very progressive pieces of commentary. And I, and I love that that's one of the things Argento does in, in using progressive rock music to score his films. I think making female characters often either the protagonist or the antagonist of his films and not because they're crazy, um, but because they're, they're women scorned or deferred or put upon. Um, I think that's why Suspiria works, right? I, I think, I think that's what works in this film. I think for all the reasons Jesse said, it is rewatchable. Um, it is kind of, a film to point to as almost a masterclass in, in Jalo cinema. Um, how is it not a great, um, you know, maybe it's not great, but how is it not a great for what it is? Yeah. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well, there it is. Three to one. Not great this time around, but there still is a chance. Um, if you win our game, if you win Kill Your Horror Movie Babies, um, can, you can bring Deep Red right into the mix. Um, but yeah, but we'll put everybody... That was my thought. Like This could be considered a masterpiece of the genre. Does that cross it over the line to um, a great... One of the greats? Um, I guess not today. Let's play a game. All no, right. Let's do it. We're in. We're back. We're going to do a kill your babies, kill your horror movie babies game. But we're all going to go through and pick three of our horror movie darlings, our, our three favorite little babies. We're going to put them all together with Deep Red in the mix. And then for those who haven't heard of Kill Your Babies before, we go around taking turns um, one at a time, killing the things we love until there's one baby left. Um, the person movie who is the one that remains will be the winner because we can only have one and they'll be the one who get the last word and to pick an instant great and each contestant has one save that's right one save each so if somebody tries to um remove a contestant's baby they are allowed to save it if they want but technically you could save any film that was yes. being being murdered um that's and the, other the only rule is yeah the other rule is the same person cannot kill the same baby twice 
And if you save a baby, you do not get oh, to kill a baby a in that round. Additionally, time. prior to the beginning of all rounds, you must pick what you believe to be the final baby. Yeah, that's my question. Do we want to see the final baby as the winner, or do we want to have one of our if one of our movies makes us the winner? Because for a while we haven't been we haven't brought our own movies for a while. It's true, but I always worry about the gamesmanship. I know, I know. Of, so should of, we pick? All right, so we'll look. We'll, so we'll, I, we'll I, declare I, I the winner. Think about, whatever. I read. I think it should be honestly like, what? What are three of your favorite horror films? That's no, what I, brought, I, I brought my th- I brought my three faves. Well, so the challenge there is, what if somebody else names one of your three favorite horror films? Yeah, that's, I mean, I brought, that's I why I got a list of five. I got the two sub faves. Well, I have a list of nine. So oh. same, same. All right, so let's just start this off. We'll we'll get our list up on oh, here. Just if it's I'm your 12, film, so. you win. Well, well, stop. Oh man. <laughs> we'll just say like it's your it. film. You win. I feel like people just gun for me. It's what it's what happens. <laughs> They just gave James Gunn for me. All right, so Gabriel, um, get us started with your first pick on the list. We'll start making this list real quick. When I said Deep Red's already on the list, we're putting that on there right. because that was our topic of the day. I'm going Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Oh, The Shining. It's on a lot of number one lists. Um, well, it should be. Is that one in, right? Shining. Yeah, two ends, one in. Yeah, yeah, it would be the shinning if it, it had two ends. When I saw it written, I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one in. That's a soft. I mean, that's movie. a Simpsons reference, but all right, so the, the boys got the shinning. All right, so that puts uh, Sean. The thing. Ah, oh, that was on mine. The thing. Thing. The thing. The thing. Okay, I thought you said. I was like, I've never heard of the thing. <laughs> John so Carpenter's the thing. Be... <laughs> yes. Yes, right. yes, I have uh, not seen this musical that is a horror film I know. I was like, I've the seen, Sing. I've seen Sing. <laughs> I haven't seen The Sing. I'm missing something. Sing, no, that Sing was, is definitely not a, yeah. The thing was on my list of nine that I brought. So Good thing you got eight more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jenny! Right. Jenny! Go, uh... Give us your film! <laughs> Groundskeeper Willie, yeah. The Shinning. All right. <laughs> that, is that done? Is that yeah, done? I think we're, it's I think we're ready. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Silence of the Lambs. Good one. I prefer Silence of the Hands. Silence of, of the, the Hands. Bambies. All right. It's a good one. I'm working on a film called Silence of the Fams. <laughs> Silence of the Fams? Yeah. All right. So my first pick. Um, good type in here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, you know, I'm always struggling with like what I should pick. Um, but we also, this is my favorites, so I'm gonna go with one that I don't think can last long, but it has to be on the board. Um, I'd be remiss if I did not put Lance Hendrickson's Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead, Pumpkinhead, the classic story of a father's son (laughs) who was killed by reckless teenagers (laughs) and he calls upon Pumpkinhead to. to avenge his son's death. I've tried to watch that many times. It is so good, dude. You didn't, you didn't. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Back to Gabriel. Didn't make it through. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go. I don't think it's going to last, but it's on there. I'm going, man, I have have so many that I think are, are number ones here. Um, 
I'm going Polanski's Rosemary's Baby. Okay. I was, I was on mine. I was thinking of putting... Did we kill Rosemary's Baby previously? Was there a kill, kill Your Babies with Rosemary's Baby? I don't think we did Kill Your Babies. I think we did the... Uh, the IMDb... Yeah. What's yes, that? we did the, the... It was like a word... It was like word search. Yes. Top. Yeah. Top three, oh, bottom three, something like that. Okay. Yeah. The right. Rosemary's Baby, it was yeah, one of the greats. Um, there we go. That's on the list. Okay. Son, you're back. I hope it's not coming through my microphone. My dog is trying so hard to get my attention. He's picking nah, up it. Cool. No. Dropping it. Okay, good. You're good. Okay. Uh yeah. I uh I have trash taste and I, I love uh horror films, so we're gonna go it follows. It follows. Does that's that not trash. That's not it's trash great. at all. Yeah, it follows. That's like really good. artsy. That's horror fantastic movie. modern horror. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I am a fan. Great. Glad to hear oh, it. I don't know why I bolded it. All right, it follows. I just heard. Uh, I had a lot of friends argue with me on that one. No, when, well, when your we friends were, are wrong. Yeah, when we were discussing <laughs> potential things for this um, podcast, and you mentioned. Like you like it follows. Like it gave me pause. I'm like, hmm, that might be a cool one to talk about. Yeah, House of the Devil was on my tier two. Oh wait, man! All right, well, we're talking. Any, we're talking good modern horror. Yeah, Ty West. Um, I'm going to go with. Oh, this is a hard one. All right, I just have to go with one of my favorites. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with misery. Misery, follow your heart. You know that's what I say. That's what Jesse does say that all the time. Just a lot (laughs) of the time, he says, "Follow your heart." Follow your heart. Just constantly. Live, laugh, love. Especially he never says "live, laugh, love" because (laughs) he's not a psychopath. But and especially with um, kill your babies. You know, do you play strategy? Do you follow your heart? I always say, "Follow your heart." Um, even if you don't think your picks are going to make it. Um, and with that, since that cat's already been let out of the bag, um, uh, House of the Devil should be on this list because nice. that is a great film. And I've watched it more times than I can even count. So House of the Devil. Easy pick. Back to Gabriel. I feel like I'm just going very like traditional here, and oh, hey, you're, you know, uh, my heart says <laughs> Romero. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's what my heart says. My heart says Night of the Living Dead, but I'm I'm going modern. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw a modern one in here. I'm gonna throw Ari Aster's Hereditary. I was wondering if that one would get on our list. I'm putting that one on there. That's my third. I no one no one took any of my other films. I I had other films here that I think are really solid. And yeah, I'm I'm going hereditary. Hereditary. Pick three. Pick. Nice. Uh, I am a popcorn eating, film watching, candy corn enjoying American man. I love Evil Dead too. That was on my list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know where you, you, you walk away and say that. I just like trash horror. I mean, 
you've you've given us John Carpenter's thing. <laughs> it follows, uh, and and Evil Dead Two. Those I just all... I think I feel. I mean, if you put that. one of the Saw right. movies on there, then yeah, sure. <laughs> like if... okay, that's fair. I I think I just feel guilty about. If you were like Hostile Two. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, if you would put Jeepers Creepers on there, I probably would have respected that, though. I'm into Jeepers Creepers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The very first Jeepers Creepers, okay. Fine. Yeah, we won't get into it. I love Jeepers Creepers, too. However, it's an extremely <laughs> problematic film now, given the director. Yeah. So, yeah, Have you guys done a uh, problematic directors, speaking of Rosemary's Baby? Well, we did Rosemary's oh, 100%. Baby. Oh, 100%. We, we did Rosemary's Baby and talked about Roman Blanche. Yeah, go, okay. go, go roll back, find the episode. Yeah, um, I will. We, we, roll we, back we, that with, beautiful bean with, footage. Yeah, with Jenny, we, we, get, we get into Rosemary's Baby. And we get into Polanski. Yeah, we do. Good. Ugh, okay, this is really hard. I think I'm going to go we with... We spent a lot of time talking about Ghost Dad once and talked about... <laughs> No, no, we, we never talked about Ghost Dad. Thankfully. That was not directed by Phil. Thankfully, yeah. Phil C. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, the Ghost Dad pull just for some reason immediately just jumped up there. And I was like, I got it. I can't resist that one. Sorry. You're talking about great horror films. I just, you know? I just derailed. <laughs> I derailed all the momentum we had with Ghost Dad. Jesus. All right. Um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go with "Don't Look Now." Hmm. Don't look now. I don't know if I've seen that one. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I've seen that one. No, Jenny. Like Jenny, Jenny I mean, when I heard you doing the right? podcast, Donald Southern. When I heard you considering doing this episode, I thought you might. You would be excited about Deep Red, given how much I know you like them. How much you know? I like what? Don't look now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a seventies. Yeah. Like I guess there, there's some similarities there. Oh, I can't believe y'all haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. I know Donald Sutherland. It's it's a, it's a no. blind spot. No, this is this is yeah. Hmm. No, I I have not seen this film. I didn't give it some quick. Um, you know. The, 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 and you're gonna really have to provide some context. This one's gonna get killed early. The two sentence pitch. <laughs> Your elevator pitch on "Don't Look Now." All right. Um. All right. Seventies Donald Sutherland. I mean, handsome, come on. mustache, <laughs> explicit sex scene. <laughs> um. Is there a murder during the sex scene? There's murder. No, not during the sex scene. Oh well. I mean, come on. Uh, creepy, creepy, childlike red raincoat. All right, I'll, I'll say this. You're right. I see the red raincoat in the picture. I just Googled, don't look now real quick. Um, the first Google question, you know, Google gives you all those questions uh, after like the second or third um, result. Yeah. The first question is, is don't look now scary? The answer <laughs> Google pulled says this. And yes. that's all we need to know. Don't Look Now was one of the scariest movies I've ever seen without feeling featuring a single jump scare, simply because it earned your trust and faith in these characters before pulling the rug out from under you with its yes. final rapid Shocking. fire scenes of Shocking. narrative reveals. Shocking ending. There you go. And well, there's shit. a 
And there's comparison to hereditary and the very next, and that's coming from an article from medium.com kind of saying, Hey, you think hereditary is crazy. Watch. Don't look now. Well, I've seen hereditary. I haven't seen don't look now. And I will watch that. It's a blind spot for me. I'll watch it this month. It's happening this month. But tonight it's going to die. Yeah, I don't think it's going to make it. Yeah. I, I thought that that would have been one that you all would have seen. So. That's how the game is played. All no, right, I um, mean, you, you really just... Maybe someone's mentioned it to me, but it's not something that was ever like, oh, no, this is a film you have to see. So Jenny, I'm, I'm only aware of it because I know that you love it. Okay, so, all right. And Sean's like, therefore, I must kill it. <laughs> I got something else on my sites. All right. So um I'll round out the final choice is mine. Um I, I this this time time around I took the Kill Your Horror Movie Babies very seriously with my own sort of don't look now picks, I feel with Pumpkinhead, um The House of the Devil. I did pass over some more familiar ones, Halloween, the Descent, uh Frailty, where um, things I skipped. The um, Descent was on my list. I considered those three. Frailty but I'm going to go fantastic. with a classic, a James Whale directed, Boris Karloff starring 1931's Frankenstein. It is a film that I have watched over and over again. Universal monster movie. It's, I mean, what, you're going to kill um, one of the most classic movies ever made? Sure. 100%. Go for it. I dare you. I dare you. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, Definitely young well young Frankenstein, bad. maybe not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, Frankenstein, classic. Yeah. One of the greats. It's, it's I have like, tons of classics. It, that doesn't mean they'll make it. I mean, The Exorcist is not even on our list, so. Yeah, it's true. I thought about it. Um, all right, before I mean, we, I, yeah. Let, let's do this. Let's Texas make a prediction. Chainsaw Massacre is not on this list. Alien no. is not on this list. Alien Listen. is the travesty. Yeah, Listen, I almost, I, Suspiria uh, I did not make this list three despite other, the fact that we discussed Deep Red. So three, three other people could have uh, made a difference there. Um, yeah. Um. So let's do this. Let's, I feel very. Let's, I feel. I feel like I, I. I tried to come with true horror greatness. Well, I, it's your horror babies, right? These are my. Yeah. If I had to line them up, what these you are love. The three, these are the three I'd want in my little cradle, Sharon. You know, sure. Sharing the blanket. These are the I ones said. you'd want suckling your teeth. Well, if I, I, could. I, and, if I and, could. and I will I will say this. You kill some of these that I brought to the table, <laughs> we lose all credibility as a podcast. It's, I mean, it's well, gone. Listen, we, we, we lost out the second weekend at Bernie's two one for your babies. <laughs> Right. Yeah, come on. And I believe you made that happen, Gabriel. So I did not make that happen. I think I might. I don't know who one of us. Uh, <laughs> I did not know. I no, I did not make that happen. Yeah. How did the Goonies die in the oh god, looking at the I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretty so sure sad. the Goonies, like Goonies was my I think that might have been my pick. Yeah, Goonies didn't make it Grease Jaws. None of those stood a chance to weekend of Bernie's part two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think JB did that. Yeah, could be. Well, it's also the way the rules work with saving things and you can't yeah. kill certain things um, that you're sort of stuck. So I, I, I do like you're your, your reminding us that we also pick our kind of our secret dark horse, our winner, the one we think, our prediction, even though we're gunning for our three, one of our three to live. Right. I still think it's fun to say, can we predict who might actually make it out alive? You know, who do we think 
we'll still say who if your movie is the last one you win, but it's kind of fun, fun little side stakes to see uh, to see who we think. I'm gonna. All right, I got my pick. Who I think is gonna make it, and you might think it's yours. One of your own is gonna make it. You know. Hope so. I got uh, mine. I wrote mine down. I'm good. I have a digital. Yeah, we we yeah yeah. We, not a cheesy face. We're all about integrity here. We got you, Sean. <laughs> and then when we're ready, um, I'll review the list for everyone listening at home who aren't one of our. Um, we're on the, the tier, the Patreon tier to get the live stream. Um, our list for the Kill Your Horror Movie Babies includes Deep Red, The Shining, The Thing, Sounds of the Lambs, Pumpkinhead, Rosemary's Baby, It Follows, Misery, The House of the Devil, Hereditary, Evil Dead 2, Don't Look Now, and Frankenstein. Gabriel, you do the inaugural kill. All right. Um... I am. I'm gonna kill Silence of the Lambs. And the way the the saving works, you can save up until the next person. Well, once the next person goes, then you're you're on. Anybody can save. So if not, you're drinking of the Lambs. a nice Chianti over there. Oh no! I don't have, no, no more red wine. I okay. it's a, I have a it's a white blend. It's La Severita. It is, is California white wine. Are you fava beans too? <laughs> just slurping <laughs> things randomly. No beans. It's it's too late for beans. Are you hurling semen at the camera? Yes, lots. I'm I'm, I'm yelling at I someone. I mean, come on. To put the so many on. memorable moments. How the lo- I I have a I have a fucking human skin lamp over here and there's someone that I'm telling to put the lotion on the skin. Do we do explanations for why? Just talking about, no, there's no explanation. Just Clarice's dead. dead. So then that puts... uh, I'm sorry, I'm just going to go ahead and save it. I'm just using it. So I don't have to worry about it later. It's back. All right, and Gabriel can't touch it for the remainder of the game. But you will lose your turn here, Janie. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but Sean's here, but anyway. I'm killing Pumpkinhead so, immediately. It is a travesty that is on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I knew it wouldn't last long. You know, sometimes I like it just just to have its moment, and I like to feel Pumpkin had Pumpkinhead just had its moment. It's yes, he loves Lance Henriksen. He I loves love Lance Henriksen. Yeah. So it's I, had its I, moment. I watched Millennium for a little bit. <laughs> Millennium's great. All right, so I'm not going to save that pumpkin edit. I knew it wouldn't last. But with that being said, um, it'll be my turn since we skipped um, Jenny. This is this is no way a target, but I mean, we knew Don't Look Now is not going to make it to the end. So I'll you, guys just go are, ahead and, you guys are beating up on me. I'm just going to do it. No, I'm just doing the easy kill because right now it's one of those like nothing personal kill. I'm not killing want something that someone's going to argue you'll, you'll regret your decision after you watch the movie i probably will i probably, probably. will <laughs> but i haven't seen it so I, I, and <laughs> like I, I feel no i feel no pain about him killing that same same it's um, easy to kill the ones you don't know that's true yeah. was it uh it, yeah 
the I way I love, play the, it. love the one you're with is that that's yeah. the other side of that i don't know what that means and kill the one kill the one <laughs> kill, the, kill the one you don't know love the one you're with <laughs> kill the one you don't know um now the way i play it is you know obviously i try to leave mine alone but then i i, I truly based on what's on there you know i go from there but gabriel you're up all right Round um two. so i am going to kill Evil Dead 2. Oh, why are you stabbing me in the heart like that? That was pretty early. It's... You know what happened? Oh, what's more fun than that? No, I'm saving. It's maybe, yeah, I'm saving Evil Dead 2. All right. You don't know how to play this game, Jesse. <laughs> but, but, no, what yeah. I love now is, like, I love they're going after so your much. kills. So you might be in a tough spot later, Gabriel. You can't kill Evil Dead 2 or Silence of the Lambs. It's true. All right, but Jenny, it's your turn. But Jenny could kill Evil Dead, too. She can. She can. Why would she? I'm going to (laughs) kill... Sorry, Justin. I'm going to kill Frankenstein. I mean, I knew... I mean, it's a technical classic, but come on. How many times do you watch Frankenstein? I mean, I hate to say I've probably seen it at least 10 times. Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I own here's this thing. I own the Universal Monsters um box set, Blu-ray box yeah, set. Yeah, I do too. The only film I and watch a in it. Severe head injury. The only film I watch in it is Frankenstein. I've never watched the others. Not even Bride of Frankenstein. I've <laughs> only watched the Black Lagoon is the one that I tend to. I'm like, yeah. I'm cool. I will I will rewatch this one. So the reason I've seen it is like, hey, I want to watch, I want to watch one of these universal monster movies. Boom, I put in Frankenstein. I don't like about the whole box set. Haven't ever touched the other films. That's wow. <laughs> All right. But no, I I'm not saving it, but I understand it. Um, also, it's Frank- my turn then. Frankenstein is dead. Yeah, right. It is your turn next. Um, I got a couple things in my sights. But the first one I'm doing is get rid of our topic of the day. Deep Red is, is not going to make it to the end. Shouldn't hurt anybody's feelings. We're good. Nice, uh, nice easy kill. It, we've talked enough about Deep Red. Safe. Safe. Moving on. <laughs> Back to Gabriel. So those, as we go into round three, we'll say, well, we haven't had too many kills. Deep Red, Pumpkinhead, Don't Look Now, just for Frankenstein. So that leaves The Shining, The Thing, Sounds of the Lambs, Rosemary's Baby, It Follows, Misery, The House of the Devil, Hereditary, and Evil Dead. Two for our audio listeners. Sure. <laughs> um, so they're not I'm, viewers. Well, we're not sure if they're viewers. Well, Patreon I mean, they, you viewers. know, the Patreon live stream viewers, viewers. They're here. They're they're toughing it out with us. The Sorry, doing some twelve that remain. My mom, um, Tom. <laughs> so I am gonna go. House of the Devil. House of the Devil? That's your pick? Yeah. I'm not yeah. even to highlight it because I'm saving House of the Devil. Oh. It's my only baby left. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel's not able to kill babies. <laughs> yeah, have you been able to kill a single baby? No, baby? no, they've all been <laughs> saved. Because he's trying to kill the beloved. Like the right, House of the Devil. Golden Children. Gotta save that one. All right, Sean, you're up. All right, I'm gonna kill Rosemary's baby. 
And that means Gabriel's the only one with a save at this point. Mm -hmm. All right, goodbye, Rosemary. Hmm. I'm going to kill Hereditary. Because we know I Don't didn't... Look Now is the better film. <laughs> I feel like Hereditary, when I was watching it, it was one of those movies that I was like, do I want to be watching this? Like several times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, not a movie you want to revisit. Oh, well, not to me anyway. It, it's fun to revisit with people who haven't seen it. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Reactionary viewing. Yeah. Because I watched it recently with a whole group of people. I had like a summer family get together. And it was like, you know, you're in a room with <laughs> Those are great like, family movies to watch. It was like teenagers and up. We all watched it. And uh, it, was, just... it, was a, it was a hit. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. You need to play a sound effect when, the, <laughs> when that happens. Listen, if we still had our interns, we <laughs> this would. Is, uh, like, <laughs> Doesn't Tim have one of those slide whistles somewhere in there? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like a <laughs> or like a juice. Two coconuts together. Pretty sure that's not how you're supposed to respond to this film. All right. So that was that was your pick, right, Sean? Yeah. I'm uh, already confused. So whose turn is it? It's, it's mine was Jenny's Rosemary turn, Baby. Right? Oh, yeah, no. Jenny. And then Jenny's yeah. Hereditary. So it's my yeah. turn. Okay. I got caught Wait, up in all the, all the fun. It? Oh, I saved. I skipped. It's your turn. Yeah. Yeah. Back to, so back right. to you. It follows. It follows. It's gone. It's coming for you. It's but it follows was a fun movie, but it lasted. It was a fun movie. I can't. There's not anything else I can really kill. I mean, Pumpkinhead should have lasted longer than it. But, <laughs> you know. No, I know. Really. <laughs> I must put Basket Case on this list. I wonder how long. That Fucking Basket there. Case. That that I love fun. Basket. That would have been fun. <laughs> I love Basket Case. I love Basket Case too. <laughs> I haven't seen this All right, Sean, what you got? I'm killing misery. I was gonna be my next pick. <laughs> not not surprised. It's great. It's Ooh, just, the, the sledgehammer to the ankles though. Come on. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, true. it's brutal. It's just getting rarefied up here. Yeah. And plus it's one that's like it's like I've seen it. I was like, I don't know. I think I don't know if I need to watch it again. I've probably seen it half a dozen times. All right. It's like, it's like your Frankenstein. <laughs> well, it's also got like the Stephen King nostalgia without going into like the really cheesy Stephen, Stephen King mm -hmm. territory. Like the supernatural. But, yeah. Stephen yeah. King. Yeah. Yeah. You have the full Kathy Bates collection and that's the only one that you watch. <laughs> yeah, what Rose exactly, Matter? Exactly. What's, the other, what's the other? Is there a third one that she's in? Maybe. Yeah. All right, Jenny, it's your time. Turn to oh, murder. Um, oof, this is getting hard, y'all. I'm have gonna have oh, to. Okay. I'm gonna have to say. Evil Dead 2. I knew you were going to do it. I, I looked right. at it. It was between that and House of the Devil, uh, but I, knew. I just what I was enjoy watching House of the Devil a little bit more. Right? Because it's so good. Mm -hmm. um, it's Ty West, best film. 
It is. It's, that, it's another the in, one. The Innkeepers is very good as well. I it's haven't good. seen it's that just, one yet. You, no if you love Devil. House of the Devil, watch The Innkeepers. Different horror list. genre, but his execution on those two films is... That's good one. He, he did a really good one-two punch back and forth, back yeah. to back, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was sweating you were going to... But yeah, Evil Dead 2, good pick. All right. Um, what we're left with, yeah, I'll do my kill, and then we're down to three, starting with Gabriel. Um, well, but we have four, I'll tell for the listeners. We have four, the Shining, right? the, shining the, the Thing. Shining, the, the Thing, Sansa of the Lambs, and the House of the Devil um, for that. What I have to think a bit... Now, again, these are... Okay, I'm just going to go with the heart, Sansa of the Lambs. Shouldn't have lasted. Shouldn't have lasted wow. this long. I was trying to create a bit of a roadblock for Gabriel, but I don't think me too. So then we're down to three: the Shining, the Thing, the House of the Devil, and it's Gabriel's turn. So I have to kill the thing because it's the only thing I can kill. It's true, unless you oh. want to kill your own thing. I don't want to kill my own <laughs> thing. I want to kill the thing. But you have some saves left too. All right, so the thing is gone. Which love John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah, it's I saw but, it just a, about a month ago in the theater. So jealous with, with the teenage son. Theaters. <laughs> we have Wi-Fi. We have theaters. Oh, bougie. Got yeah. heat. Got yeah. sunshine. <laughs> got COVID. We have an Eastern Lots time zone. COVID. Rampant COVID. Oh, we have, we don't have any COVID, cases dude. All we the have, Delta variants. We have so. We much got COVID. Delta Force and Delta variants. We got it all. <laughs> But we also have no restrictions, so <laughs> got the Miami connection. <laughs> all right, Draft so um, we're okay. all in different states, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. Existence, I, different so states. So, Sean, of it's, you, it's your turn, Sean. Hey, and you have huh. the Shining. This is, this is so or the House is, of the Devil. Yeah, kill the House of the Devil. I figured you would. It's so easy between those two. It's true. You can't do that. And that makes The Shining our one soul baby living out of this list. All the others are gone from existence and erased from memory ever now. And only The Shining is shall remain. That was also my dark horse. And so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Gabriel nice. wins. So that was your pick as the one that would make it? Yes. <laughs> Double one up. How do, you, how do you kill The Shining? I picked Evil Dead oh, too. Nice. Yeah. I picked... House of the Devil. You could have you could have got it yourself. The the, thing. Well, I don't I don't I'm not trying to play a game. The thing was it. the thing was my second pick. That was my it was like if I have to have a second dark horse, it would be the thing. I'm I was like, I'm picking my own film as the dark horse. No, the shining um, is is a solid pick. It's hard, it's hard to kill that one. Um, I t- without without solely playing strategy. Yeah, you're right. So that's good. Congratulations. I just, I'd just like to say that if I won this game, yeah, I would have picked the thing. As well, it would have been a good pick. So with that, um, we'll wrap this up. I know the episode's running a bit long, getting into the night. Um, Jenny, Sean, thank you so much for joining us in this deep red discussion. Um, oh, it's been great. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. We look forward to having um, each of you back again anytime to talk films. Um, we'll do that. So this has been a blast. Thanks for also playing the game with us. But the way this show works and the way it ends is the winner of the game gets the final few minutes of the podcast. It's theirs to, to, to talk about an instant grade of their choice, which 
Gabriel can be deep red if you would like. This is its moment. It's um, not. If not, you pick something else. So an instant great. It's all yours. Um, thank everybody. Um, thank you everybody for talking as well. And uh, without any further ado, I'll turn the podcast over to you, Gabriel. Yeah. So I'd like to talk to you just a little bit about a film from 1982 uh, based on a short story called Who Goes There? It just so happens to star some pretty fantastic talent, namely T.K. Carter, Charles Hallahan, Wilfred Brimley, Richard Masur, Keith David, and one Kurt Russell. And this is John Carpenter's The Thing. It is a film set in the Antarctic. The research team, and they are being hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims and wreaks fucking havoc. Talk about paranoia. Talk about insecurity. Talk about claustrophobia. This is a film. I mean... We're talking spooky season, guys. It's October. You want terror. You want terror in the ice. You want terror in the Arctic or Antarctic. John Carpenter's the thing. I mean, it is what it is, and it's perfection. If you haven't seen it, see it. That's my instant break. Let me ask you something. Did you move anything or change something around or take anything away from here?